Hey, it's Charlotte. It's Shelby. It's Riley. And it's time to spot up and listen. Today's trigger warning, mental illness, smoking, graphic and rough sex, sex in public, group sex, dub con, graphic violence, graphic language, captive and captivity, degradation, submission, bondage, spanking, blood play, choking, CNC, and talk of sexual assault. Just a reminder for today's episode and all future episodes, our opinions are subjective. We don't advocate for kink shaming or author shaming. This is all in good, smutty fun. Enjoy. All right. We have a review to read. This one is by Bookworm Critic. Hilarious. (laughs) Hilarious. (laughs) I don't even remember where I found this podcast, but it's amazing. I love the idea for this podcast. The ladies are funny, relatable, and have great chemistry. (laughs) Would recommend to everyone except my mom. Keep up the good work, ladies. Thank you. Thank you. That's so nice. It's so nice. Cutie. Today's book is The Dark One by Nikki St. Crow, which is the second book in the Vicious Lost Boy series. And what did you rate this one on Goodreads? Four stars. Four stars? Yeah. I gave it five stars my first run around. Mm-hmm. So this is a reread for me. Reread for you as yeah, well, right? Reread for me too. So Shelby and I have both already read it. I would say I'd give it like four and a half, five stars now. What? Did you lower it? I think I'm just reading too much smut. Yeah, I'm like tired. <laughs> I was like, it's so much smut. Yeah, you are reading a lot of smut. The first time I read it, though, I kept it at four stars too, so it's been mm-hmm. consistent. Yeah, it's good. I'm excited uh-huh. for this one because I loved the last one. I know you've been like waiting for yes. this one every week. I'm like, when are we doing it? We're so doing it now. Read it. I know, and now you can read it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I have my little quote to see what you're getting into. (laughs) If I get my shadow back, I can return to the daylight. But perhaps darling has been all the light I've needed. (gasps) Here's mine. I want you to be our good girl and take our cocks whenever we'd like. Yeah. Take our cocks. Before we start, too, I just want to make a personal little tidbit. When I was writing my notes for this, my autocorrect on my phone kept putting Vane as babe, and I was like, but that's accurate. Babe. So if I say babe, it's it's Vane. We're talking about Vane. Oh, uh, yeah. Really get more Vane in this yeah. one, too. Yeah. So even my phone knows that he's babe. He is babe. So the dark one is actually referring to Vane. Oh, it is. Uh-huh. So the skull on the cover was Vane. Oh, shit. Man. <gasps> So we'll start out in Pan's POV. The two shadows jumped out of the box and he was so surprised that he didn't grab either of them. One goes left and one goes right. So one of them's the life shadow and one of them's the death shadow, but for Neverland. Okay. The life shadow is his, the shadow that he lost. Okay. The one on the right knocks over a bunch of liquor bottles and the one on the left goes into the never tree. The never tree is the tree that's like in the middle of their little tree house thing that they all live in. The twins go left and Vane and Pan go right. The one on the right is the life shadow, Pan's shadow, and it goes out the balcony doors and disappears over the railing and he jumps out after it. It leaps over the bonfire where the lost boys are and Pan tells them not to fucking move. Him and Vayne are trying to trap it and they're getting closer and closer. He's only two feet away from it, so he lunges for it, but he misses. Him and Vayne start to chase it again. It goes into the forest and the trees start to part for it. And Pan says, like, as he's running, as the trees are parting for the shadow, all the branches are, like, hitting him. It's like the forest doesn't want him to get his shadow. The hell? They run for two miles and they're almost at the end of Pan's territory. He makes one last lunge at it, but it's too late. It's in Hook's territory now. What the fuck? 
So we can't go over there. Nope, he's not allowed in Captain Hook's territory. So now we're in Cass's POV. The twins have the death shadow trapped in the never tree. And they ask each other if they think Pan will want one of them to take death shadow. But they don't know if he would. Because someone has to take it. Yeah, it can't just like be running around. Like it has to inhibit a body. Uh-huh. And what is the death shadow? So it's like veins, but vein has one from the other island. Uh, okay. So each island has its own life. It's and dark land. Yeah. He's our dark land. So okay. each island has its own life and death shadow, but it has to at least inhibit something. Oh, okay. And Pan's always had the life shadow. He has never once touched the death one. Okay. Yeah. So did they ever explain who had the death shadow no. before? Okay. At least not that I remember. I'm, but I really don't think so. Yeah. They talk about how Tilly, their sister, would hate for them to have more power because they're like the rightful heirs uh-huh. to the Fae Kingdom. They're Fae Princess. Uh-huh. They rock, paper, scissors for who has to climb the tree and force it down and Cass wins with paper. Bash starts to climb the tree and inches up the trunk and Cass gets ready at the bottom to catch it. He thinks about how different everything would be if one of them were to have the death shadow and if they were to become powerful again. Bash has it trapped in the branches and the shadow lunges. They hear a roar and all the pixie bugs fly from the tree and the birds go silent. Bash makes a choking sound and Cass smells blood. Bash falls from the tree and Cass tries to catch him but he's not fast enough. Bash hits the ground on his back and there's blood everywhere and he's grabbing his neck and there's blood between his fingers. No. Cass calls for Winnie and tells her to get a towel. Bash is trying to tell them something, but he can't. If Bash dies, Cass dies too. Because they're twins. They're linked. Yeah. <sighs> We're in Winnie's POV. She's looking for a towel and she's freaking out because there's so much blood. She finally finds one and rushes over to Bash. He's upright in Cass's lap with a shirt pressed against his throat and there's too much blood and Bash is pale. Cass tells her to hurry and she slips in the blood as she reaches them. She presses a towel to his throat and asks what they're supposed to do and Cass says he doesn't fucking know. She asks if Faye can heal and he says yes, but this is a lot of blood loss. She grabs Bash's hand and it's cold and limp. She thinks back on the time that she almost killed him by saying she doesn't believe in fairies and she has an idea. She asks what happens if she says that she does believe in fairies. Right when she says this to Bash, his body jerks and he makes a sound. Cass tells her to say it again, so she does over and over and over again. Like she's like, I believe in fairies, I believe in fairies. I believe. Bash rolls over and starts sucking in air on his hands and knees. It worked. Bash says, fucking hell, that was a wild adventure. And Cass hits him and says, I thought you were fucking dead. Bash replies, I thought I was too, but come on, brother. Dying would be an awfully big adventure and gets up to get himself a drink. He's just such a jokester. <laughs> was fun. He's like, gotcha. <laughs> Winnie is an absolute shock and Bash asks where Pan is, but they don't know. He hasn't returned. They're all covered in blood and Cass uses the towel to help Winnie clean the blood off. Pan and Vane come up the staircase and the mood shifts to dark. Pan looks at the blood and doesn't say anything. He walks to the bar, grabs the bottle, opens it and starts to drink. Winnie notices that he doesn't seem to be drinking for any sort of happy reason and can see he's filled with rage and Bash asks Pan if he has the shadow. Vane looks at him and shakes his head in warning and Pan throws the bottle against the wall and it shatters. He runs his arm down the bar breaking all the bottles as he goes. Vane tells the twins to get Winnie out of there and Pan is screaming and smashing bottles like a psycho. He throws a table at the wall. Winnie starts panicking because they didn't get the shadow either. Cass grabs her face to calm her down and tells her it's all gonna be all right and she asks if Pan's always like this and he says, does he have a temper? Yes, very much so, but he'll cool down. She tries to say that it's all her fault, that he didn't get his shadow, and he says, no, how could you say that? And she says, he lost it twice because of the darlings. Cass tells her, no, it was his mother's idea. 
Tinkerbell. Mm-hmm. And the darlings were just a means to an end. She starts to cry and asks him, if his mother was Tinkerbell, how can they be here with Pan when he killed her? He tells her that his mom's a fucking bitch and was jealous of any woman who got close to Pan because she wanted to be the queen next to Pan. Pan turned her down, so she went and married their father, the Fae King, to get whatever power she could. He starts to run her a bath when she asks him why he killed his own father, and he tells Winnie because his father was greedy for power. He undresses Winnie, and she looks down to see a bulge in his pants. Oh, how could you even be horned up right now? <laughs> His brother's almost died. All the blood and tragedy makes Winnie want to forget. She starts to look at Cass, who's wearing only black pants, and touches his chest and rumps down his torso. She's hella <laughs> He tells her that she's very clever and that he will never forget that she saved his brother's life. She tries to brush it off and says it's no big deal that she made a choice to come back here with all of them. Emphasis on all. I'm fucking all in. (laughs) She reaches into his pants and he snatches her wrist and tells her to get in the bath and not to get out until they tell her to. She asks if he's leaving her and he tells her that if he stays in here much longer, he'll be bending her over the edge of the tub and fucking her until her ribs are bruised. Then do it. She says maybe she wants that, but he says he doesn't. And when he finally gets his cock in that tight pussy, it will not be out of desperation. He tells you to be a good girl and do as he says, and then he leaves. Now we're in Bash's POV. Mm-hmm. Pan has smashed almost every bottle they own, but he calms down after about an hour. At least he didn't get his throat cut like Bash did. Maybe it's best just to let the dark shadow go because Bash doesn't want it inside of him. Bash is drinking one of the bottles that he saved from Pan because everything hurts and he feels like his soul was torn out of his asshole. Okay. Yeah. He wonders if it's safe for Winnie to come back because he can use that sweet pussy wrapped around his dick. (laughs) This sweet pussy. Ass and Bash are like complete opposites. He's like, you know what I really need right now? Pussy. Pussy. Cass is like, not, no. I need a moment. (laughs) Vane walks across the broken glass to get one of the remaining bottles for Pan, and Pan starts to chug it. Bash and Cass start having a little tweeny conversation about Winnie saving Bash, and Vane tells them to knock it off, because you remember everyone can only hear like, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, say whatever they want to say out loud. Pan drops into a chair, and Bash asks what they're supposed to do now. The front door swings open, and it's some of the drunk lost boys walking in with some random hose that they found to bang. Some random hoes. Not that long ago, before Darling, we'd be down there taking what we want. Now, now I'm not so sure just any wet cunt will do. Whatever we might have done is decided for us because the girls come up of their own accord. They've been here before. They've bobbed on our dicks, (laughs) had a handful of our cum. Okay. <laughs> One of the girls walks up to Pan and sits on his lap. Get off. Get off. The other women flock to the twins and Bash is confused because he doesn't really want to touch any of them. And that's like not normal for him. Yeah. He's like not normal for Bash. Yeah. No. He's like, why don't I want to fuck these bitches? Yeah. He's like, I thought I did. I only want one puss and it isn't yours. Nobody goes up to Vane because they all know he wouldn't give them the time of day, but they all would fuck him. Yeah. They just know that he would be like, get the fuck away from me. I'm going. They don't want to be humiliated. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's that fair. fair. The girl closest to Bash is someone that he's fucked before, but he's like almost repulsed by her. Vane asks Pan what Winnie would think seeing another girl on his lap, and Pan says he's a king and does what he wants. He doesn't do exclusive. Fuck off. Pan asks Vane what the fuck Winnie is going to do about it anyway, and Vane tells him that she'll checkmate his ass before he even knows he's on the board. The twins have a little tinkle conversation about how Vane needs to admit he doesn't hate the darling, and one of the girls tries to introduce herself to Cass, and he interrupts her telling her he doesn't care what her name is. (laughs) 
Pan doesn't kick the girl off his lap, but he doesn't really move to fuck her either. Bash can see he's just as reluctant to touch another woman as he is. Now we're in Winnie's POV. She's done with her bath and in a chair next to the window listening to the ocean. She falls asleep but is woken up by the sound of women giggling and she's fucking pissed and she walks out of the room. Uh-huh. She sees multiple women sitting on Pan's lap and more girls sitting between the twins, but none of them are touching anyone. Vane is alone in a chair reading a book. Love that. I know. I can't be bothered. He's just like, I'm reading my book. Whatever. Who are these hoes? She locks eyes with Pan like a Mexican standoff. Like that. (laughs) She feels territorial. Winnie runs for the stairs and Pan throws the girl off his lap. As Pan starts to chase her, she slides down the railing on her butt. <laughs> she reaches the bottom of the stairs with Pan hot on her tail. She sees the bonfire with about a dozen lost boys sitting around it and picks the first one she sees and leaps into his lap, straddling him and begins to make out with him. <gasps> Girl. Pan asks her what the fuck she thinks she's doing and the lost boy is like, I'm so sorry, Pan. I'm so sorry. Don't say my the lost boy just has his hands above his head not touching her I have nothing to do with it Pan says the lost boys are not allowed to touch her but she says she touched him and if he can touch other women then she can do whatever she wants he tries to tell her to go back upstairs and she says no all the lost boys are frozen in terror Pan lifts her up over his shoulder and carries her back upstairs he tells all the girls to get the fuck out and the twins are smirking at all the drama they're just like and then Vane's just sitting there like reading his book I fucking told you Pan drops me into to one of the leather chairs and points at me silver rings glinting beneath the golden glow of the room i'm in a no fucking mood funny i wasn't in the mood to come out of my room and find some neverland whore on your lap yeah you tell him pan lights a cigarette and stares at her he says he doesn't like games if she has something to say she needs to say it to his face and she tells him that she doesn't want to share if i'm not allowed to touch anyone else then neither are you pan runs his tongue along the inside of his bottom lip his eyes never leave my face and the weight of his gaze has me rubbing my thighs together to stave off some of the buzzing between my legs we are four very hungry men do you really think you're capable of keeping up with our appetites i don't even have to think about it yes his gaze turns dark and dangerous and i think maybe he knew where this was leading all along he drew the map and i followed the x right into his trap then show me he says how you want all four of us then get on your knees and put that mouth to work show me you can be our little darling whore the buzzing intensifies and my clit swells to a needy bud (laughs) no i don't love that (laughs) <laughs> oh yeah we got an ink button yeah. thanks to andrew <laughs> she stands up and decides she's gonna kneel down and suck his dick but he shakes his head and tells her he wants to watch her choke on the twins first she's hella soaked hella soaked that wasn't a good one sorry guys <laughs> I suspect if the Never King orders the Fae Princes to fuck my mouth till I cry, they will. I suspect if they do, I'll like it. When I turn for the twins, Bash already has his cock in hand as if he's been waiting for this all night. He's like, hey, bitch. <laughs> you like this? We've been waiting. I made it myself. <laughs> I cross the room and sink between his legs, the rough spun rug biting into my knees. Bash fists himself. What? <laughs> like, like he growls. <laughs> like, look at his fist. He fucks his fist. <laughs> Fuck your fist. <laughs> Bash fists himself. Stroke I, I can't. I'm just picturing him like shoving his ass. I mean, <laughs> shoving his fist up his ass. <laughs> 
Okay, we're going to try it one more time. <laughs> Bash fists himself, stroking long and slow. Pre-Kyle already glistens on the head of his dick, and he rubs it off with the pad of his thumb, then wipes it across my bottom lip. <laughs> There's an answering thrill in my pussy as I swipe my tongue over the sweetness. I've had that naughty little cunt twice, he says. I will enjoy having your mouth, too. Then what are you waiting for, I challenge. He groans deep in his chest, then takes a fistful of my hair and shoves me down around him. The size of him in my mouth takes me by surprise, and the air gets stuck in my throat as I try to adjust. Bash rocks his head forward as he drives me down on him, the head of his shaft hitting the back of my throat. I gag. He pulls out and I suck in a deep breath. Pan says behind me, don't go easy on her bash. She wanted it. Make her take it. (laughs) (laughs) Who am I to deny what the king demands? Bash nudges me back, then rises to his feet. He slaps me in the face with his cock and I gasp in surprise. Don't stop, darling. Go on. He's smiling at me, amber eyes bright. I reposition and wrap my lips around him, bobbing up and down on him. He buries his hand in my hair and yanks hard on it as he guides me deeper. That's a good girl, he says. Look at me. I crane my head so I can meet his gaze and the dark satisfaction glittering in his eyes make my belly sore and my clit throb. I wish he was touching me. I wish his brother was fucking me. (laughs) I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish. Just like that, darling. He pumps his hips, driving into me. Fuck yeah. I can't catch my breath and tears spring in my eyes as he hits the back of my throat. I breathe out quickly through my nose, trying to accommodate him, trying not to choke. Fuck, darling. The whole time I can feel Pan's gaze on me, drinking me in. There is something deeply exciting about being a show. Bash pumps faster, fucking my mouth in a way that's more punishing than anything. And when he finally spills inside of me, come blooming on my tongue, I breathe in deeply, trying not to break until he's emptied himself. I'm shaking and hot and flustered and horny as hell. Bash angles me up as he pulls out of my mouth. Did you swallow it? Let me see, darling. I stick out the flat of my tongue. Of course I swallowed it. I'm no slouch. (laughs) I'm no slouch. No, you aren't, girl. (laughs) I hate when they say I emptied myself. I don't know why, but I'm like, (laughs) like emptied his bladder. Yeah. Yeah. So Bash calls her a good girl and tells Cass to go grab some rope. He does. And he ties Winnie's arms behind her back. Bash stands behind her holding the rope with one hand and says, your turn, brother. She can see Cass is already hard and Bash pulls on the rope, forcing her chest out. She's still wearing her dress and Cass runs his fingers over her chest, giving her goosebumps. He asks her if she likes being used and she says yes, it makes her feel good and also makes her feel less alone. Tears sting her eyes when she says the last part. Like, that's a weird yeah. addition. She's like, I'm a little sad. emotional. <laughs> I'm also horribly depressed. <laughs> she thinks about how she's only been with Cass the one time while Pan watched and Bash fucked her from behind. Cass is bigger than Bash and Pan, and she wonders how Vane compares. That was beyond. Because she hasn't, she hasn't done anything with Vane yet. I thought they did a little something. She spit in her mouth. Yeah. He like did she sit on his, his dick though? Like she like grinded her, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And he was like, no, get off me. Oh, still kind of hot though. Yeah. Bash puts his hands around her throat and pulls her head up. She's determined to take all of Cass. He rubs his dick along her lips and groans. He shoves his dick all the way into her mouth. Oh my god. It's bigger than both of theirs and it, he's just shoving it. He says, take all of it. You won't. Oh. 
tagged it down. <laughs> Hi, Paul Rudd. We love you. <laughs> Cass fucks my mouth fast and hard until tears stream down my face. I do choke on him. With my arms to hide my back, I have no control over his pace, and he is relentless. He is desperate, and he is far too big for my mouth. When he finally comes, it shoots straight down my throat, and when he pulls out, I gasp for air. He staggers away and drops onto the couch, head lulled back at the ceiling where the pixie bugs are darting back and forth in an excited frenzy. I know how they feel. I pant out several more breaths as Bash comes around and wipes the tears from my face. Such a good girl, aren't you, darling? <laughs> she tells them to untie her so she can take care of the king. She starts to stand up to go to him, but he tells her no, she needs to crawl. So she does. She hears Vane's book snap shut and can feel his eyes on her. She, she arches her back to give Vane a show as she makes her way to Pan. When she reaches Pan, he opens his legs for her and she takes off his belt. She can see his dick straining against his pants. He pulls down a zipper and pulls his pants down and his dick springs free. Boing! <laughs> the idea of Vane watching her. And she's just like, look at my butthole. Yeah. Oh. I look over at Pan. He's stretched out in the chair, his gaze distant. He's wearing dark denim and a dark t-shirt that skims the rise and valley of his biceps like a second skin. Dark ink swirls down his arms and several tendrils peek out around the collar. He is an unholy sight and I will never stop sinning for him. <sighs> that was a good one. He tells her that if she wants to have them, he has to follow his rules. She says that she understands. Rising up, I position my mouth over the swollen head of his cock, and his body tenses up waiting. I take him in my hand, stroke him slowly, memorizing every ridge, every engorged vein. He gnashes his teeth. I don't want to share, I tell him. His nostrils flare. I don't want to find you with some girl from town sitting in your lap when I'm just down the hall, when it can be me in your lap. I sit forward and pull my lips an inch away from him and blow out a teasing breath. The head of his cock throbs at the anticipation of my mouth wrapping around him. Say it, never king. Put that pretty little mouth on my cock and maybe I will. I inch forward and drag the tip of my tongue over the glistening slit of his dick. Say it. He groans and rocks his hips forward, trying to meet me, so I sink to the base of his shaft and lick up the thick underside. A puff of air escapes him. I think he and I both know he could drive into me at any point, but the game is the game, and I intend to win. The Never King is mine, and I'm going to make him admit it. I go through the motions like I'm going to lick him again from base to tip, but I keep my mouth just a ghost against him, almost touching, not quite connecting. The groan that rumbles in his chest is practically animalistic. Darling, he says, yes. His eyes slit closed, and he summons a deep, settling breath. The only pussy I will have is your pussy. His eyes pop again, and he sits forward, grabbing me beneath the arms and whirling me around so that I'm the one in the chair and he's the one on his knees. The only mouth that will come near my cock is your mouth. He bunches my dress up around my waist. The only girl who will sit on my lap like a pretty little trophy is you. He hooks a finger in my panties and yanks them aside, bearing me. The only girl I will treat like my personal whore is you. Oh, that is sweet. so sweet. <laughs> Goals. He sits forward, putting his mouth just over my wetness, giving me a taste of my own medicine. I tremble with anticipation. Will that suffice, darling? He says. I nod emphatically. Yes. He flicks his tongue over my clit, but it's just barely a glance. A tease more than anything, but I still have the urge to crawl out of my skin. Say it again, he orders. Yes, that will suffice. He slides his finger up the seam of my panties, purposely dragging the backside of his knuckles over my pussy, then my clit. I shake with the pleasure of it. Yes, what? I sink into the plush leather chair. Yes, 
pan, he spits on my pussy and slides two fingers up. I <laughs> do. <laughs> He spits on my pussy and <laughs> slides two fingers up to meet my swollen nub. <laughs> Try again. Yes, I inhale sharply when he slides back down and sticks his fingers deep inside of me. Yes, my king. Good girl, he says, and finally gives me what I want and need. His mouth on my pussy. He licks and teases and fucks me with his tongue. I writhe in the chair, but he has, has me caged. I pant and moan at the ceiling. He is relentless with his mouth. The pleasure builds in my clit when he adds a finger. Fucking me with three, a high-pitched keening escapes my throat. I can feel them all watching me, and I don't care. Somehow Pan has shifted the show, made me the audience and the performer. I buck beneath him. He holds me tighter, his tongue sliding up my wet slit. <laughs> come for me darling he says from between my thighs come in my mouth i'm breathing too quickly and my head is swimming and my body is bright with need and desire the wave rushes in as pan flicks his tongue against my clit and his fingers fill me up but i come so loudly and the sleeping parakeets wake and take flight in a flap of wings i thread my hand through pan's hair and guide him over me as the orgasm pounds through me like an earthquake shaking every bone there's nothing but the pleasure and the heat of it when I crash down on the other side, I'm slumped low in the chair with Peter Pan still between my legs, his mouth soaked with my juices. Ooh. <laughs> I <laughs> If you're hungry for my cock, you have four to choose from. Four and no more. That's plenty. Yeah, that's more than enough. <laughs> I feel like that is enough. Yeah. He hugs his hands around my thighs and yanks my ass to the edge of the chair. If I catch you touching anyone else, I will not be happy. With my panties still askew, he nestles into my opening. Tell me you understand. I understand. He fills me up and I exhale quickly. His thrusting tempo shifts. Faster. Harder. He bends my legs up and pounds into me. I'm so wet and he's so hard. Oh my god. I'm all crazy. We make a loud squelching sound as we fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Pan drives into me, sinking me into the chair. He fucks me like he owns me, and maybe in some ways he does. Maybe I am his property. Maybe I don't hate that idea. Pan is relentless, and my pussy takes the pounding. <laughs> <laughs> Pounded in my butt by my own butt. <laughs> I think we're going to do that one eventually. Chuck Tingle. <laughs> So my friend actually told me about him. She sent the picture of that book to her husband and he goes, oh my God, he makes a shit ton of weird books. He goes, I looked him up. Oh my God. I know. All of crazy. All his books look really funny, but I do want you to read Pounded in the Butt by my own butt. Oh my God. <laughs> Is it a novella? I think so. I hope so. <laughs> if not, we'll do a full episode on Pounded in the Butt by my butt. There you go. Keep your eyes out, guys. <laughs> Pan is relentless and my pussy takes the pounding. I will take and take because there will always be power in it. And I want to be powerful among these powerful men. When Pan finally comes inside of me, I'm used up and sore and bright with satisfaction. But there is one more. One more cock to satisfy <laughs> if he'll let me. My work here is done. <laughs> is she not worried she's going to get pregnant? I <laughs> yeah. yeah, she hasn't. Wait, she's not on birth control. No. And does that just not happen with Neverland? No, because... Um, her mom was pregnant oh, on Neverland, yeah. but not with anybody from Neverland, right? I don't think we ever find out who her dad is. I, I don't think, it, unless it mentions the fourth book, which we haven't finished it. We haven't started that one yet. Yeah. 
Oh, I hope not. I'm watching dad or like her dad or something. I'm your daddy. (laughs) Pan puts his dick away and sits back down. Vane is staring her down and she walks across the room with Pan's cum dripping out of her. Oh my God. How can she take more? (laughs) She's ready for more. She gets to Vane and drops to her knees and she's shaking. She feels his magic as terror fills her. He snatches her wrist and his violet eye turns black. She gives herself a pep talk and tells herself that she can get through the terror to prove herself to him. Vane grabs her by the throat and throws her against a wall. Because when his eyes turn black, he like completely loses control to the death shadow. Yeah. So it's not like him doing it on purpose. Like he's not. He just loses control. Yeah, he can't. So if he gets like horned up, the death shadow like takes over. He's lifting her off the ground by her throat and she can't breathe. His hair turns white. Pan and the twins rush up to them, screaming for him to let her go. Tears are falling from her eyes and he tells her to save her tears for when it really hurts. Pan begs for him to let her go and he says to let him prove to her why she shouldn't want him. She tries to scream, but she can't. The twins lunge for him and Vane lets her go. She falls to the floor and sucks down air. The twins grab Vane by the arms and pull him away from her. He grabs Bash by the throat and throws him down. He kicks Cass in the chest and Cass flies into the never tree. He goes to attack Pan and Pan tells him to get his shit together. Winnie screams Vane's name and Pan tells him he needs to get his shadow under control or they'll all wind up dead and threatens to send him back to his island. Vane punches Pan in the face and darkness goes from his fist to Pan, sinking across his tattoos and into his skin. The twins and Winnie are panicking that Vane is going to kill Pan and Winnie screams Vane's name again and says he can have her any way he needs. Cass asks her what the fuck she's doing and Winnie starts to approach Vane and his attention turns from Pan to her. She backs against the wall and slices her foot open on a piece of broken glass. She notices as the blood pours out of her foot, so does the terror. So as she's bleeding, she's like less terrified. Yeah, she's not scared of him anymore. Vane's hair turns back to normal from white and his eyes go back to normal too. The room is quiet and he tells her to never do that again and leaves the house. Back in Pan's POV. Oh shit. He rushes to Winnie and inspects her foot. Cass grabs a towel and a needle and thread and Pan carries her to the couch. She tells him she doesn't like needles. I look over at her and find the edge of terror in her pretty green eyes. She is stronger than we want to believe, I think, but we all must dread something. Not that long ago, the thing I feared most was losing the island. With darling scent still on me and her blood soaking my clothing, that fear is changing shape right before my fucking eyes. Cass runs and grabs a bottle of bourbon and soaks the rag. Pan presses it to her foot, holding her down while he cleans it. The wound is three inches long and deep. Damn. Cass tells her to lay back and she looks at him all skeptical. And Pan says, you'll let us fuck you into oblivion, but you won't let us care for you when you're injured. She starts to cry and Pan realizes that nobody has ever taken care of her like this. He says, I can be brutal and fuck her and treat her like my whore, but I will care for her when she's wounded and she will submit to it. And I will prove to her that she can have both from me. I will not betray her when she needs me the most. Sweet, sweet boy. She relents and lets them do what they need to do. Cass uses his fey magic to give her an illusion to distract her from the pain and she relaxes. Like a child. Yeah. He's like, go to the beach now. Look, you're having fun. <laughs> Pan starts to sew her foot up and Bash tells Pan that Vane almost killed him, but Pan says it's fine because he didn't. Bash 
Ash says that's only because Winnie distracted him. Vane needs to find balance and get the death shadow under control. Cass asks Pan if he thinks if he gets his shadow back, he'd be able to control Vane, but Pan doesn't know. He finishes stitching her up and puts a salve on her before bandaging her up. So they have this special fey salve that they put on the wounds and it like heals it up really fast. Oh, okay. He tells them to keep her in the illusion for a while to let her rest. My cock thickens as my mind conjures images of the twins fucking her mouth. <laughs> God, I love watching her get used, but only by those I trust most. I wouldn't let those other fuckers get close enough to breathe the same air as her. They just had a traumatic event and he's like, oh, my dick. I'm hard. <laughs> my dick. He tells the twins to watch her and he leaves to go find Vane. He finds Vane at the lagoon near Marooner's Rock and he's smoking a cigarette and tells Pan not to start with him. He knows he's getting worse. He can feel the shadow trying to return to its land and Pan asks if he'll give the shadow what it wants and he tells Pan he doesn't want to go back. No, Vane. I'm relieved. Tinkerbell was once my best friend. Murdering her left a void. Vane filled it, but I think there was always a glare of impermanence to it. I've always known he'll likely need to leave. A shadow belongs to a land, not the man who possesses it. I just hope hope when he left, it would be much later. Much, much later. The BFFs. Yeah. Aww. He suggests that Vane gives his shadow to someone else. And Vane tells him that if he's suggesting he takes the Neverland death shadow to forget it. No. Why? Yeah. <laughs> Vane says, no, if I get rid of this shadow, I will have unburdened myself of a disease that destroys and consumes. He points at his black eye. Right now, I can feel it swimming under the surface like spirits of the lagoon. But unlike them, mine wants to watch pretty little girls cry while it buries its cock into their wet hunts. He shudders at his words. He's not just talking about any girl. So he does want to fuck her, but he's he just like, can't. I might kill her. Yeah. He might. He almost did. He tells Vane to get rid of the shadow entirely and go back to what he was before, but Vane refuses. Pan asks Vane to go to Hook and ask for permission to enter his territory. He says to lie and say that they're looking for a lost boy. So now he's like on to, how can we get my shadow back? Yeah. He asks Vane to call his brother to Pan's island and Vane says that he hasn't spoken to his brother in years since the last time he helped them. Pan tells him that Wendy Darling never went home. So Wendy was... Great, great grandma. Great, great grandma. So she never went home? Mm-mm. That's the one darling that didn't go back. Like she wanted to stay or... she never went home. Nobody knows what happened. Oh. Pan tells him that Wendy Darling never went home. He dropped her somewhere in Everland and that once Vane's brother finds out he did that to Wendy, he'll want to know exactly where she is because there's something going on between Vane's brother and Wendy Darling. Yeah. Okay. He tells Vane to tell his brother that they need help with Captain Hook and Vane thinks this is a bad idea. He tells Pan to wait and to not try to contact his brother before walking away and shutting down the conversation. They walk to the edge of Marooner's Rock together and Vane stares over the cliff deep in thought. Pan tells Vane he knows that Vane wanted to break Winnie but didn't. Vane says that he will if she lets him. Pan says he thinks that he's wrong and Vane will eventually give in to her and that he thinks that Vane secretly wants that to happen but Vane says no, she's annoying and he hates her. Yeah. No, you don't. Pan says wanting her is what annoys him and that hate is really close to like. Is it though? I I think it's on the opposite spectrum. Yeah. I think it's a little different. He says he doesn't know what she wants and Pan tells him to ask her then and that he needs to figure it out before he takes something that she can't give. Vane asks what she gets from the twins and Pan says fuck if he knows. Vane says he does. They care for her in a way that no one else ever has. Vane says that the twins are another problem that they need to deal with because they're meant to be kings and there are two shadows on the loose. Pan asks himself if he really trusts the twins after everything that happened with Tinkerbell and their father and he wonders if they're desperate enough for their wings and their power to betray him. He doesn't think they would, but he's been in the wrong before. And I put cough, cough, Tilly. Cough, yeah. cough, 
Tinkerbell. Yeah. Those bitches. One problem at a time, he tells himself. Okay, but like, do you guys think the twin? No. They'll catch. I don't think, I don't think they would either. They like contemplated betraying Pan. Like they're like, we could betray him and get our wings back and become kings. But they chose not to. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, why would you want to? Yeah. You got a pretty darling to fuck. Yeah. Yep. We're in Winnie's POV. She wakes up from the illusion when it's dark outside. She's in a hammock on the beach with the twins. Cass is beneath her, holding her to him. Her foot is a dull ache and her throat is sore. She remembers what happened with Pan and Vane, and the twins tell her they're off somewhere together and haven't come back yet. Cass asks how she's doing, and she says she's okay, and that what happened with her and Vane is fine, and Cass says it's not. Cherry comes out to them. Fucking Cherry. Come on, Cherry. No. And Bash asks what she wants. She asks if everything is all right, and Winnie wonders if she's fishing for information and why the guys don't get rid of her if they hate her so much. Cherry says she heard Pan yelling and saw broken glass. Bash evades the question and just says Pan lost his temper per usual, and she asks where Vane is, and Bash points to the sky. They look up, and Winnie can see Vane flying through the clouds above them. He's one of the only ones on the island who can fly, and Winnie is admiring how graceful he looks. Cherry tells Winnie that Vane flies when he's angry, and Winnie looks at Bash and sees jealousy. He's jealous that Vane can fly and they can't because they lost yeah. their wings. They're all about yeah. Yeah. Suddenly, Vane goes limp and starts to fall to the earth. Winnie's freaking out, but Cass tells her just to keep watching. At the last second, he rolls and flies up like a rocket. Cherry says he knows they're watching and he's showing off. Winnie looks at Cherry, admiring Vane and feels envy that she's had him and Winnie hasn't. Vane lands softly on the beach and walks out to them. Winnie notices he looks relaxed, maybe even happy. Then Vane asks them what the fuck they're all looking at. You bitch. <laughs> We're looking at you, you psycho. As if you weren't flying around trying to show off. Cherry is. <laughs> yeah. Cherry's like, that was awesome. Like, absolutely amazing. Shut up, Cherry. God. His ass. Vane tells her he has a job for her and she's an eager beaver. She's like, oh my God, what? I'll help you. I'll, I'll do what you, whatever you want. Yes, yes. He tells her that he needs to talk to her brother and she needs to come with him. She says she doesn't like this and she doesn't really want to. He says, I don't care. We leave in 15 minutes. Winnie asks Cherry who her brother is and she says, Captain James Hook. I knew it. Yup. I knew it. Yup. We're in Cherry's POV. She doesn't want to go, but she'll do anything to spend time with Vane. She's using her 15 minutes to get all gussied up. Hook gave her to Pan and the Lost Boys against her will several years ago. She was the only girl in Pan's house until Winnie came along, and she doesn't like that. She doesn't want to share. Uh, Even though they hated her, yeah. they all still, like, fucked her. I don't think she hasn't fucked Pan, but she's no. fucked Vane and the twins. Yeah. But then Winnie came along. It ruined it. Well, she says, I don't hate this darling like I thought I would, but I don't like her either. All of the boys are tripping over themselves to have her. I'm not sure why. Her boobs aren't as big as mine, and she's real thin, but she is nice, so I have to give her that. <laughs> she doesn't have big titties like me. She's a twig. She doesn't want Winnie to get the attention from Vane that she feels like she deserves. She thinks back on the sex they had. My body still aches from the pounding is the only word, even if it is inadequate. I'm still sore between my legs, and bruises still pepper my skin. I wear them proudly, of course. I have the mark of his hands on my skin. Winnie Darling just has a bruise around her throat from when she made him mad. So I think they like just recently fucked. Yeah. Oh, so is that the only one Vane fucks? Yeah, which is weird. That he hate. He legitimately hates her. Yeah, the hate fucks her. Yeah, yeah, but like it's weird since his death shadow takes over. You would think that he would like try to kill someone he hates, but right. Yeah. But she, I think maybe she's like so into it. It like yeah, I don't know. It's like this is boring. Yeah, you're not that scared, <laughs> right? She puts on a nice dress and foregoes the panties just in case Vane wants to get frisky. Ugh. They leave and they're walking in silence when she finally asks why. 
they're going to go see Hook. And he tells her that Pan wants permission to enter the territory. She asks why, and he tells her to stop asking questions. They walk a while longer, and she asks if Winnie is staying for a while, and he says, fuck if I know. Yeah, obviously, if she went home and came back, Cherry, she's yeah. going to be here. She asks if he wants her to, and he tells her to listen very carefully. No talking. Not one fucking word. He walks ahead of her, and she calls his name, and he turns around, and he's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> She asks if he likes her. Like, he's like, she's like, do you like Winnie? And he says, Cherry. And she's like, yeah. <laughs> and he says, shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I literally told you two seconds previously to not talk. And here you are fucking talking. <laughs> and I was like, do you like, like her? <laughs> shut the fuck up, Cherry. <laughs> Now we're in Hook's POV. He's reading a letter from the Fae Queen that reads, Let us unite against Peter Pan. Even thinking about Pan fills him with rage and gives him phantom pain in his hand. The letter continues, And I can help you defend yourself against the crocodile should he return to the island. He hates the crocodile infinitely more than he hates Pan. The crocodile, the crocodile sounds sassy. You just like... Sessy, sessy. Sometimes when I lie in bed, I can see him in my mind's eye. The hard lines of his body, the sharp teeth. A chill fills the room, and I'm not sure if it's the ocean breeze or the sensation of my own rage born to life. Mm. I think I want to know more about the crocodile. Okay. But he does sound sexy. Yeah, sexy, sexy. He hears the ticking of a clock, and his heart seizes up, and his stomach drops. He leaves his room and goes to the front parlor where his men are partying. They're drunk and gambling. He hears the ticking even louder now. He sees a pocket watch sitting on a poker table and slams his hook down on the watch, shattering it. The watch gets stuck on his hook. A man at the table tries to apologize and he says, I said no watches or clocks. None. Do you idiots know what none means? Zero. Fucking zero. He shows the man the watch impaled on his hook and tells him next time that'll be his fucking eyeball. <laughs> oh, he's violent. Yeah. A woman named Smee comes up and tells him that they need to talk and pulls him into the study. Smee is short for Samira. I love that they made Smee like a badass bitch. Yeah. Or instead of like a fat little Mickey made dude. Yes. I love it. Oh. She asks what his deal is and he says the Fae Queen wrote him and he feels like something's going on. She tells him Cherry's here and he's like, what? He asks what she wants. Smee tells him that she's here with Bane and won't tell anyone about why they're here, but they're waiting at the border. I don't want to see Cherry. I certainly don't want to see Cherry with the dark one. I've heard the stories. Sometimes I regret handing her over. Sometimes I have to remind myself that she had little use for me and still doesn't. She was always enamored with Pan and the Lost Boys. She would have turned on me eventually. My little sister is adorable and kind until she isn't. Which was why when Peter Pan captured Smee in one of our endless wars, I traded Cherry for Smee's return. Smee had always held more value than Cherry. Oh my god. Cherry sucks, but I feel really bad for her. Her brother's like, this, she does nothing to help. She's useless. So you could take her. He says to show them in. When Cherry arrives, he sees her covered in bruises. She may be bruised, but her eyes are bright and she stands proudly next to the dark one. No one ages on Neverland, but somehow Cherry looks older. She got her mother's thick, dark red hair. We both have her freckles, but Cherry got it more than I did, and mine have dulled beneath the sun. I thought of this moment for years, gone over in my head what I'd say to her when we finally had the chance to speak, but now that she's in front of me, I have no comforting words to offer her. I gave her up to the enemy, and while it's a common practice where we came from, it was never something that sat well with me, even if I still believe to this day that it was the right decision to make. Aw, so he low-key feels kind of bad. Yeah. What it be? He asks... To what he owes the pleasure, and Vane tells him that they've lost one of the lost boys and want permission to enter his territory to search for them. Hook knows that Vane's lying and asks what he'd get in return. 
and Vane says that he'll give Cherry back. Cherry's spun the piss because she had no idea that this was going to happen. She doesn't want to go back. What the fuck? She's just a pawn. Yeah. Poor girl. Hook says he'll give Pan permission to enter in two nights to give the lost boy time to return. Vane says fine and snaps his fingers at Cherry. He tells Hook he'll return Cherry in three nights and Hook agrees. Cherry and Vane leave and Hook tells Smee he thinks Pan found his shadow and that it's on his side of the island. So he like sees right through what's going on. Damn it. Now the Fae Queen's letter makes sense to him. He goes out to his men and tells them to scour the territory to look for Pan's shadow and they'll get 20 pence if they find it. If he has the shadow, he won't have to worry about Pan or the crocodile or the queen. No one would be able to stop him. Now we're in Winnie's POV. Vane and Cherry have returned and the twins decided to go for a run. She wanders the hall looking for something to do and decides to look for Pan. She goes to his tomb and finds him just outside of it looking through some drawers. So it's like upstairs, like in the loft of his tomb. He's looking, he's like rifling through all these drawers and she asks him what he's looking for. He says he's looking for something to draw his shadow to him. She asks if Vane's alright and if she did anything wrong. And he's like, that's just kind of how Vane is. She asks if it's because of the shadow or if that's just him. And he says he doesn't know. He didn't know Vane before the shadow. She asks where Vane is from and Pan says he's from a different island. She asks if Vane is sleeping with Cherry and Pan tells her that the death shadow needs to chase something or it starts killing things. She says that's not an answer. So he says he was, but he doesn't know if he still is. Winnie says that she doesn't want to share any of them, including Vane, but Pan says that he's not sure that's a condition Vane will agree to. She asks how to get to him and Pan tells her to stop trying. She decides from now on, she's just going to be cool as a cucumber around him. I feel like that's what you should have been doing this whole time. Okay. Trying a little too hard, girl. Yep. Act like you don't give a fuck. Pan finds an old leather-bound book in the drawer and flips through it. Winnie asks him if that's what he's looking for, and he says yes. There's a cutout in the pages with a black seashell hidden inside. It's from the lagoon. He tells her it was given to him by her mother and then asks her how old her mother was when she was born. Winnie says she was 19. He asks if she remembers when he told her that he took her mom to the lagoon to try and heal her. You remember? Mm-hmm. And she says yes. And he said he took her there because he was worried about the baby in her womb it was winnie so she her mom was pregnant in neverland with her with her (laughs) now we're in pan's pov he's reminiscing about winnie's mom mary she'd been like a little sister to all of them he took her to the lagoon after she begged him to save her baby she stayed in the water for hours and had a seashell in her hand when she finally came out she told him it was treasure for him and like that's kind of a big deal too because you can't take from the lagoon what it doesn't willingly give you the lagoon gave her the seashell so as they like it basically has to place it into her hand yeah like, and it doesn't like if you go into the lagoon with like ill intentions or whatever it will like literally kill you mm-hmm. like you can yeah. only go in when it wants you to and stuff like that like it has to allow it pretty much yeah so okay her was special a special girl Winnie tells pan that if her mom was pregnant on the island it's kind of like she's been here before and that when she first arrived it all felt familiar she turns back to the seashell and scrutinizes it more closely this almost feels like it's buzzing the fact that she can feel the magic in the shell is concerning though not surprising you really think this will help you get your shadow she asks if i am this island's beating heart i tell her then the lagoon is its soul i don't remember anything of my life before i arrived here my first memory is of the lagoon and one thing i know for certain is that whatever it spits out is always full of magic. So yes, I do. The sun is starting to come up and Pan needs to go to his tomb. He asks her to come with him and she tells him to ask nicely. Come to bed with me, my little darling whore, so I can shove my cock in your wet cunt and make you beg for mercy. <gasps> oh. It's a little dirty. Sassy, sassy. 
He runs his hand up her thigh and stops short just of her vagina. What if I'm not tired? She challenges. Naughty girl. We could start with a bath. I slide closer to her center and she parts her thighs for me. You are filthy after all. She laughs on a breath. I'm full of Peter Pan's cum. Mmm, just the way I like you. And I do. I fucking do. I want her pumped full of my cum every fucking day. He tells her to say yes, and he starts to rub her clit. She agrees, and they rush to his tomb, and he figures he can stay awake for another hour or two. Now we're in Winnie's POV. He calls her to the bathroom. When she goes to the tub, she finds him standing next to it, completely nude and at full attention. (laughs) He walks up to her and pulls her dress up over her body. He tells her to take off her panties and then helps her into the tub. Pan climbs in across from her. He turns her around to lay against his chest between his legs. She asks if he takes baths with all the girls on the island, and he says, only the filthy ones. (laughs) He wraps his hand around her throat and asks if she liked being used tonight, and she says yes, more than she should. He spins her around and puts her up on the stone edge of the tub. He grabs a cloth and gets it wet and soapy and starts to wash her boobies. (laughs) Boobies. Bitty boobies. He asks if she's filthy, and she says yes, and he tells her to spread her legs. He squeezes the water and it dribbles over her vagina. And she says, oh God. And he says, when you are under my command, I am your God. She says, yes, Pan, fuck, as the cloth grazes her clit. She starts to reach over, but he smacks her hand away and tells her she's not allowed to touch. He rises to his knees and slides his dick over her slit with the head rubbing over her clit. And she tells him not to stop. And he says, as if you could tell me what to do. As if you could outrun me. (laughs) As if you could fight me off. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) He keeps rubbing himself against her and she's begging him not to stop. He says, you're so fucking wet, darling. And he asks where she wants him to come. And she says, inside her. He says, no, and keeps on what he's doing. She says she's about to come. And he tells her to look him in the eyes as she comes all over his dick. Mm -mm. She does. And he comes with her. (laughs) I want you to be our good girl and take our cocks whenever we'd like. My clit throbs beneath his words. I can do that. Can you? Yes. I want you always full of our cum like a good little whore. Do you understand, darling? I whimper as his hand tightens around my throat. Yes. That's my good girl. He ends the torture and slides his fingers down my slit. It's just, I don't know why. Slit is slit. Slit. I whimper and buck, but he holds me fast. My clit is throbbing and somehow he's brought me close to the edge with barely any touch at all. Pan, I breathe out. Yes, darling. Fuck me. My nerves fire and I tremble beneath him as he comes to. He comes all over me and I can feel the hot seat of Peter Pan making a mess of my clit, dripping down the center of me. When he crashes over the other side and I stop quivering beneath him, he finally pulls back and takes in the side of me. Legs spread for the king. (laughs) My filthy little darling whore, he says, his voice hoarse as he catches his breath, just the way I like her. (gasps) Now we're in Cass's POV. The twins are going on a run around the territory. Bash asks Cass if he got the sense that Tilly was plotting something aside from scrambling the darling's brain the last time they saw her. And he says, maybe. Bash says he's willing to bet that Tilly knows about the shadow. The twins want to go home, but they don't want to leave the darling and Pan would never let them take her. Also, Tilly no longer feels like family to them. As they're walking the path around Pan's territory, they stop at a fork in the road that would lead them to their old home and Bash says he has an idea. 
He wants to go visit their sister. They walk to the palace and Bash asks if they'll be shot on sight. Bash takes in the sight of their old home and we get a description of the Fae castle. Bash and I are silent as we take in the sight of it. It was made of white stone quarried from far underground by an army of brownies. It was constructed into the hillside so half of it is above ground and the other below. There are numerous spires that twist up toward the sky like the shell of a ladder horn snail. In the morning light, the stone glitters. The sight of our royal home makes my eyes ache. Uh-huh. Yeah. Bash tells Cass that they'll walk in with, with their heads held high, whether they're banished or not. They walk up to the gate and two guards are standing with swords strapped to their back, but they aren't shot on sight. The guards bow and open the gate. They walk through and everyone stops and stares at them. Tilly appears, asking who entered the palace causing such a stir, and she sees them and flutters her wings to rub in what she has, and they don't. She tells everyone to leave them, and everybody scatters. She tells them to get in the throne room and shut the door. She pours the three of them goblets of fairy wine, and Cass asks what she's up to and tells her that her brownie is dead because they killed her brownie at uh, Winnie's old house. That's yes. right. Wasn't there a bunch of them? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's like her brownie. One, the one specific one. Uh, yeah. She says she wondered where he ran off to. Bash lies to her and says the brownie told them what she'd been plotting. I mean, didn't he? No. Technically, the only thing the brownie told us was that our sister wanted what was best for the island. And when we confronted him about our dear sister purposefully scrambling the darling's minds, he didn't outright deny it. That's right. Mm -hmm. She tells them that she knows they're just trying to get her to admit to something, but denies whatever they think the brownie told them. She tells them just to ask for whatever it is they came to ask for. Cass says they want their wings back, and she says she can't do that. He asks to be unbanished. She says she can't do that without a good reason, and Bash says the brownie told them that she wants Pan dead, and she freezes. It was a lie. The brownie never said that. She says that Pan killed their mother, and Pan dying has been a long time coming. Cass asks if they'd get their wings back if they did this for her, and she says yes, but she cannot revoke their banishment. Cass asks if she even knows why they killed their own father. She says because they were angry with him, and Bash says they were angry because he planned to disinherit them from the throne. He tells her that their father was already dying when they killed him, and she's surprised to hear this. She didn't know that her dad was already dying. Shit. Their father swam in the lagoon, hoping to gain power to kill Pan as revenge for Tinkerbell's murder, but the lagoon decided to do the opposite. He came out dying. The twins tell her that their father was secretly in talks to offer her hand in marriage to Hook like she was cattle. She didn't know about that either. Damn. Our sister blinks, but her mouth is pursed tightly again and all of the blood leaves my face. I'm numb all over, but suddenly covered in a cold sweat. She knew. She fucking knew. Bash and I glance at one another and I can see my own rage reflected in his eyes. After we killed our father, we were immediately isolated from our sister and were never given an opportunity to explain. We blamed it on the other noble fae who never quite liked us, who had always wanted a puppet on the throne. It made sense to us, but maybe it was Tilly all along. She's evil. Evil girl. So they killed him to protect her and take their rightful place on the throne. And then they realized that she was in on it. So they both lunge to attack her, and she turns the floor to quicksand. Damn. Tilly takes in a long, settling breath. Yes, I knew what her father planned to do. She clasps her hand behind her back, her iridescent eyes glittering. He came to me first because he knew I would do what needed to be done. Neither of you were ever driven enough to make the sacrifices the Fae needed. Peter Pan killed our mother, and you barely blinked. Well, she was a bitch. Yeah. Tilly. She says that their father was right in disinheriting them. They dishonored the Fae. She tells them that she plans to summon the crocodile to kill both Hook and Pan. Pan has been keeping a secret from the crocodile and he won't be happy when he finds out. She turns around and the floor turns back to normal. She tells them to pick a side and suggests that they pick hers. No. No, Tilly. 
Okay, we go back to Winnie's POV. She wakes up to the feel of Pan's cock in her back because, you know, they went to bed in his tomb. She can't tell what time it is in the dark room, but she feels well rested and suspects it has to do with all the fucking all shit, bitch. Fucking. <laughs> she makes a mental note that she's happy and content, but she's scared that it's going to end soon. She has like a weird... Gun. Yeah, like, I'm I'm afraid it's gonna end soon, too. Yeah. Pan wakes up, and he's being unusually, like, cuddly with her, and when he thinks they're about to start banging again, he's like, ugh, veins coming. Like, he can sense him coming down. Oh, God. To the tomb. Fucking vein. Yeah. Wake up. <laughs> Cock block. She's mentally <laughs> telling herself that she needs to stick to her plan and continue to be the cool as a cucumber, like, just nonchalant, whatever. Oh, hey, Vane. Hey. Who are you? <laughs> Vane unlocks the tomb and flips the light on. He says, why am I not surprised to find a whore in your bed? She wants to glare at him, but she knows that she can't because she's gonna fuck it up. She doesn't respond to him and doesn't glare at him, but Pan tells him, you can join us. And he tells Pan, you know me, Pan. I don't waste my time on easy pussy. Yeah, you do. Uh, yeah, like Cherry is the easy I want to say, what is Cherry? That's what they say. Yeah. And Winnie's livid. She asks if he hates easy pussy, then why is he fucking Cherry? Sorry. Yeah. And he says, because she's not you. Rude. Fucking vain. No. She makes a note that his words sting, but she tries not to show it, and she excuses herself to go upstairs. When she goes to the kitchen, she finds the twins up there, and Bash is doing his usual thing, making breakfast, and Cass is drinking coffee, but she notices that something's off with them, like they seem in a bad mood. When she says hi and they barely notice her, she asks if everything is okay. Cass looks at her and gives her like a half ass smile and he's like, it's fine. She's like, everything's great. No. I seem like you're up to something. Yeah. She doesn't like them tiptoeing around her. So she goes up to Cass and says, are you sure you're all right? I ask and cup his balls through his shorts. He lets out a low <laughs> He lets out a low groan. Bash is stirring stalls behind me. We have a lot on our mind, darling, Cass says. Like what? And then they have their little... How annoying would that be? I, yeah, I would be pissed. But she continues to touch his dick and balls and he's dick and balls. Dick and balls. And he says, you really don't want to do this right now, darling. And Bash says, we've had a rather complicated day. So she gets irritated. Unhooks her hand from Cass's dick. You guys don't want to fuck? <laughs> goes up to Bash and just shoves her hand down his pants. Wow. Yeah, she's very forward. <laughs> and she tells him that I guess she'll just have to occupy herself, removes her hand from his pants, and then leaves. Uh, tickle, tickle. <laughs> Bye. I'm going to go whack off. We got to bash his POV. He asks Cass if they're just going to let Winnie get away with teasing them and then walking out of the room. And they're still pondering who they owe their allegiance to. That's why they're not, like, in a mood to fuck. Oh. But Bash looks back to Winnie and he's like, yeah, now I, now I need a fuck. <laughs> I catch sight of the darling's ass as she rounds the corner. She's always wearing those fucking dresses. Her pussy always so closely within reach. Her tits bouncing beneath the soft material. Her nipples peaked, begging for teeth and tongue. <laughs> it takes no effort at all to conjure an image of her hands tied behind her back and the image builds pressure in my head until i can think of nothing else other than to fuck i can't tell if my desire to pound some sense into her is a good or bad thing cass says why can't it be both i reply relook at one another get the rope 
Cass says, you don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> Cass runs to head her off, and I fetch the rope from my room. When Bash gets back to Cass, he sees him making out with Winnie. Bash quickly ties her arms to the tree in less than 30 seconds, and I was like, oh, that is far else. He's like, boy scout. Yeah. Look at our darling. I tell my brother, trust up like the naughty little girl she is. I go to her. She's tiny next to me, and her smallness makes my gut clench. What did you think would happen, darling? You don't get to touch our cocks, then skip away. My blood is pooling in the apples of her cheeks. Maybe this is where I wanted to end up all along. She stops fighting the ropes. Well, you have me held captive, say Prince. Now what do you plan to do with me? What do you think, brother? I say over my shoulder. Cass comes up beside me, his arms crossed over his chest. I say we prolong the lesson. She wants to throw her body at us, Cass says, watching the darling's face turn red or red a second. So let's make her come so much it hurts. Yikes. Ow. <laughs> yeah. I like it. I step into her and trail a finger down her cheek. She exhales an excited gasp. How many times do you think we can make her come? Three, five, ten. There's only one way to find out, Cass says. Are you ready, darling? When we're done with you, you'll be begging us to stop. You said I got exactly what I wanted. I don't know how she comes so much. We jump back to Winnie's POV. She knows that no amount of struggling or yanking will get her out of the ropes. She's like, man, these suckers are tight. I'm not going anywhere. Bash asks Cass if they should give her a safe word, and Cass replies that she can pick a safe word once she comes one time. Bash's hands come to the hem of my dress and yank it up. He clucks his tongue. What? Oh, I've never pictured that being done in, like, a sexual manner. <laughs> hey, little pretty girl. <laughs> I don't think you should be allowed to wear panties anymore. I would agree, Cass says, and relieves me of them in one quick yank. Maybe she shouldn't be allowed to wear any clothes at all. <laughs> I can't just walk around naked, I say. Why not? He purrs against my ear. Then we could admire you at all hours of the day and night. Have you dripping wet whenever we'd like, with nothing to stand between us. He rubs at my nipple, coaxing it to bead. How fast can we make her come, Bash says. Cass smirks and teases at my clit with his clever fingers, and I sink against the ropes, desperate for more of him. Minutes, if that. Do you want the honor, Bash asks? I will gladly take it. Cass covers my mound. <laughs> With his large hand, the sensation sends heat pooling to my clit, and I instinctively rub against him. That's my girl, Cass, says low and guttural. I kneel for them. Cass <laughs> <laughs> slips a finger inside of me and puts pressure on my clit with the heel of his hand. Make yourself come, he orders. What? <laughs> Grind against me, he says, and make yourself come. Do it now, darling. When Cass commands me, I want to comply. I want to please him because he commands so infrequently. Every command feels weightier. It's <laughs> a lot of pressure. She finds her footing and does what he commands. She starts grinding on his hand, getting towards that goal. <laughs> it doesn't take long for her to almost reach her orgasm. And then, go on, darling, Cass says, take what you've earned like a good little whore. He adds his thick middle finger to my opening and fills me up, rubbing the palm of his hand against me as my movements grow frenzied and my breathing quicker. Fuck, darling, Bash says at my ear. I can't wait to fill you up, too. I'm going to take your ass, stretch you around my cog. <laughs> then my brother will take your pussy. Finally, Cass says, and you'll be full of fay cog. Not my cog. <laughs> fay cog. But first, Cass nips at my bottom lip. First, you need to come for us. 
<laughs> Cass gets her to come and then they leave her tied up, but they step back and look at her. And she makes a mental note that she loves when the twins turn like super devious. Mm-hmm. She's just like, ooh. <laughs> They ask her what her safe word will be, and on a whim, she says crackle, which I was like, where yeah, crackle, huh? Where did that come from? She, I don't think it, like, says, it just is like, crackle. Like, why? Oh, because she says that the air around them practically, and then she, like, says crackle. Like, the uh, air, like, is all crackly. Um, I hate when the air gets all crackly. And yeah, she just yells out, crackle. <laughs> <laughs> Cass opens up a bottle of liquor and makes her take a drink and then asks if she's ready to come again. And she says that she doesn't think she can. But like, let's be real. You can. You can. You can. We can see that. (laughs) She looks down to see a vine slithering up her leg and it travels up and flicks her vagina. So they're like using the illusion of vines to like also. I was going to say. On the horse. It's like, let me get something. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And as the vine is touching her, she says, okay, she's ready for more. You talked me into it. Yeah, no, and that little he says, <laughs> He says, good, and then steps back a little bit more, just as more vines start to slither up her body. And they slither up, like, dragging her dress up her body, <laughs> touching her boobies, you know. Spicy. Oh, fuck. I moan loudly when a cool, nubby vine <laughs> slithers inside of me. <laughs> oh my god. The vine fucks me harder and several feathered tendrils caress my buzzing clit. There are so many. I'm on sensory overload and I couldn't stop the orgasm if I tried. I hang my head back. I slammed closed as the orgasm slams through me. She tells Cass that she can't do any more orgasms and he says, yes, you can and you will. The confidence of this man. Yeah. He's like, it will be coming. Wait till you take this cock with fake <laughs> crackle crackle ah! <laughs> i can't <laughs> i can't i'm drenched from my own juices and my clit is buzzing like a live wire no more loosen the rope spash says let's make her sit on my face what no 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 oh shit do i use my safe word do i want to i like towing the line with them i like pushing the boundaries i like feeling the edge of pain with the caress of pleasure you're free yeah they untie the ropes and since she's already orgasmed twice her legs are super weak so she like falls to her knees pretty much and they reposition her and then retie her back to where damn bash wants her damn yeah it's gonna be a long day for her oh yeah she's putting in work Cass steps back again as bash sits on the floor in front of me his back to me all of the deliberate lines of his tattoos stand out against his skin he grins at me over his shoulder lift up darling reluctantly i find the last bit of strength in my legs and rise up enough so that bash can lie back and settle in between my legs he takes in a deep breath Fuck, you smell so sweet, darling. I can feel the heat of his breath on my wet pussy. He folds up the skirt of my dress and bunches it around my waist, burying me, and then hooks his arms over my thighs where my legs meet my hips so my brother can watch, Bash says, and then he devours me. (laughs) We go back to Cass's POV. He's watching her squirm and Bash starts to eat her out. She comes a third time and Cass can tell from the look on her face that it's bordering on painful now. And then Bash slides out from beneath her, covered in her juices. 
Juices. Juices. Juices. She's breathing hard, but Cass is ready for his turn. She barely notices when they untie the ropes, so he asks if she's still with them. He's like, you good? You haven't used your safe word, but you're not like, you don't look okay. She's crackling yet? A little limp and Yeah. He tells her one more orgasm and it can be done. And she's like, I don't think I can. And he's like, yes, you can. He said, I told you last time you could and look what you did. How does he know more than she does? Also, I never had the point where like coming was painful. No. Has this ever happened to you? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Bash spits on his hand and grips his dick. Darling's pussy is soaked for me. I won't need any help. Ready, Bash asks? Fuck yes. Bash winds his arm around her waist and I take her thighs and wrap her legs around me, lining myself up. I'm yet to have her pussy. There's nothing I've ever wanted more. Bash guides himself into her ass and she moans loudly, eyes squeezed shut. I don't know if she's been fucked in the ass, but there will be plenty more of it later today. He didn't even ask. Oh no, my god. He slid into her ass. And once again, where's the loop? <laughs> Honestly. He on his hand. Remember? That's not enough. <laughs> Spit's not a little, boys. No. No, it's not. I let him settle into her first. Because when I finally get inside her pussy, I will not be gentle. Ah, <laughs> Jesus. How's she feel? I ask him. Fucking tight, brother. Fucking tight. <laughs> oh, God. His eyes roll back as he lifts her up and off his cock and then slides slowly back in. Darling, I say, and her eyes flutter open again. Sometimes when we use illusion magic, a mortal can get lost to the feel of it. And I need to know she's still here. One more, I tell her. She nods as my twin fills her up again. Fuck me, Cass, she says. I want you to come inside of me. I will not deny my darling girl. God, how does she still have anything left in her? I don't know. And when you said brother, all I thought about was Hulk Hogan. Me too. Fucking dying, brother. This episode is dedicated to Hulk Hogan. We love ya. Brother. <laughs> he realizes in that moment of post-orgasm that he wouldn't pick Tilly or the fake court over Winnie. And he says, I will pick Darling over my own wings because when I'm with her, I am already flying. She is mine and I am hers. Pussy that good. Yeah. Pussy gives you wings. (laughs) DM. We go to Winnie's POV and the twins fuck her so hard that her teeth clack together and the vines return to her clit. So they're DP in her and she's just along for the ride. She's getting like God. She's like no more. Her whole body is. Oof. <laughs> I said post orgasm. They're still fucking her. Yeah, they're so sorry. My bad. They are still fucking. <laughs> we come together. Cass says on heated breaths. You hear me, darling? My clit is so sensitive it hurts. But I nod because I can't deny him. I won't. The build of pleasure this time is a slow crawl, and it's clear the brothers mean to wrench the orgasm from me if it's the last thing they do. Come for us, darling, Bash says at my ear, his voice ragged and hoarse, one last time. Oh god, I choke down a breath trying to fill my lungs with oxygen. Fuck yes. Fuck. Oh fuck. Oh god. I'm sailing. (laughs) I don't know up from down. There is only the overwhelming wave of pleasure and pain, and I sink into it, revel in it, let it consume me as the brothers pay into my pussy in my ass. <laughs> oh, fuck, darling, Cass says and slams into me, unloading into me, and Bash tightens his grip on me, filling my ass up with his, um... 
We stay locked together for what feels like forever, sticky and sweaty and spent. You are a wonder, darling, and you are ours, Cass whispers to her. They pull out of her and step back, and they're looking past her towards the Never Tree. Uh-huh. And Pan is standing there. And he says, word of advice, darling, never let the twins tie you up. Vane walks up and unties the knots, telling her that he told her to go ask for Sal for her bruises, not another brutal fucking. So in the GM, I forgot to mention, Vane was like, go like do something about this. Because she has like bruises everywhere from him choking her. I've been like, if you didn't do that to me, yeah. Pan picks Winnie up and takes her to the chair, telling the twins to go get the salve and tells Bane to make her drink. He pours her some bourbon and then Cass comes back and rubs the salve into her wrists and her neck and then she feels better after a little bit. Vane says, you asshole shouldn't have gone so hard on her. And Pan tells him to shut his mouth since he almost killed her the night before. Yeah, yeah. Vane Chris. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> and then Pan points to the twins and says that they need to ease her into their fucked up twin shit, not just be like, okay, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> orgasm, orgasm, orgasm. Deep hole, deep hole, deep hole. Stop, I say, they all go quiet. Pan tenses beneath me. Let's get something straight. with. The fairy self soaking into my bloodstream. I feel loads better, and I lift my head off Pan's shoulder to look at them. You're all assholes, all right, but you're my assholes. I didn't have to stay on my knees for Pan, and I didn't have to push Vane to the brink, and I certainly didn't have to get tied to a tree. I chose those things. I choose all of you, even you, Vane, so stop treating me like I'm a fragile toy. I'm not. I'm a china cup that has been broken so many times that I'm never sure if I'm just a cup or a separate pieces held together by glue and sheer determination rolled into a cup-like, cup-like shape. I know how to crack and I know how to mend. At least with you all, I know I will never mend alone. Oh, sweet. Yeah. Yeah, they're all like, you right. You right. You right. Okay, fine. You got it. You got it. Pan immediately goes into like business mode and wants to discuss their plan of attack now that Vane got permission to enter Hook's territory. Bash wants to know how he did that and Vane tells him Cherry. So they're, he's like, we're using Cherry as a pawn. We're Cherry. Yeah. The twins are concerned with how Cherry took the news since she's had years to go back and has chosen not to. And when he asks where Cherry is and no one knows because they haven't seen her since they got back last night. Mm-hmm. She's probably like crying in her room. <laughs> I don't want to go back. <laughs> Cass and Bash break the news to Pan that they went and saw their sister, and Pan like immediately like tenses. He's like, "What the fuck?" Mm-hmm. But they let him know she's plotting against him and that she has called someone back to the island to help her with the coup against him with Hook. Pan looks to Vane and they have a silent conversation and when he wants to know who it is, Vane hunches over with his head in his hands. It's his brother, the crocodile. So the crocodile is Vane's brother. Yeah. We go to Pan's POV and when he's confused, she wants to know if the crocodile is an actual crocodile. Now, I would assume. Yeah, right? Yeah. It's fair. And how he's Hook and Pan's like mutual enemy. She's like, I don't, someone explain. Yeah. Pan corrects her and says that he's not technically his enemy, but he is a man. Crocodile is just his nickname. Bash makes a joke that he's called the crocodile because he eats men like them for breakfast. That's they're so tasty. Mm. He's got jokes. (laughs) Silly boy. He isn't your enemy yet, Vane points out, but he will be. And what do you want to bet the fake queen knows how to make him? one uh-huh. so what role because she's got dirt uh-huh she's got dirt fucking tilly she's the worst yeah hate that bitch pan hates that tilly knows his secrets and feels awful that she found them out through torturing the darlings uh-huh. and he makes a mental note 
that he wants to try to stop the war from breaking out on Neverland before it happens. So he needs to find a shadow ASAP. Yeah, fuck. The facts are, darling, that my dear brother will have a bone to pick with our infamous Never King when he finds out the secret he's been keeping. I shoot Vade a look that can melt the meat from his bones, fucker. What secrets, Starly asks. I don't ever ask for forgiveness, but I can feel the shape of the banging on the tip of my tongue already. Fucking hell. I meet her inquiring gaze. I've always brought the darlings back, I say, all but one. She cocks her head. What do you mean? Your great-great-grandmother, Wendy, I say. No. She says, yes. How? Where? He took a wrong turn on the way back, Vane says, and he left her on an island known as Everland. <gasps> she's mad. Yeah, she's like, my fucking grandma. You just my grandma. My fucking grandma. <laughs> he tells her it was a long time ago and that he was a different man. And she's like, we, you got to go back and get her. And he's like, it's not my priority right now. I mean, honestly, the old nose, yeah. old nose. <laughs> and he tells Winnie her being off Neverland is much better for when the crocodile arrives anyway. She crosses her arms over her chest. How do you figure? Because I will use the information as leverage. And once he finds out where she is, he'll be eager to race off to fetch her. Why? Because the crocodile was in love with Wendy. <gasps> and then Vane says until she tore his heart out. How'd she tear his heart out? I don't know. <laughs> She's confused on how her great-great-grandmother was in love with Vane's brother, but Bash tells her it was a hard to know Wendy's true feelings because she was a tricky meeks, just like her. Ooh. His words. She wants to know what happened, and Pan tells her that him and Hook have always been at war, but when he brought Wendy to the island, Crocodile was there visiting Vane, and Croc broke the rules, like the don't touch the darling rule, and they like had like a flea or whatever. But then Hook stole Wendy so she couldn't help Pan or find a shadow and croc didn't appreciate it and took off hook's hand and pan helped him do it yeah. oh the tea the tea is yeah hot. hot 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 they got wendy back after that and but something changed with her and croc visibly like he's like please stay on the island and she was like no Aww. and on the way back um pan took the wrong turn and ended up in everland like when they landed there i guess they were surrounded but he had no allegiance so he's like nooses bitch he's yeah. like hey here you go <laughs> Wendy asks if they'll be using wendy as a bargaining chip and he says yeah pretty much just like cherry <gasps> she makes pan promise that they'll get her back but he says only after he gets a shadow he's like i'm not doing anything until i get that fair yeah he needs all the power he can get because he can't really fly back to any other lands anymore he's like depleting of magic so he's like this is why we're going to hook's territory so we can go get my shadow he's like i know it's there i feel it in my bone and he's not worried about finding it because he's like it's my shadow it's fine yeah i just have to wait a little bit longer and i can have it and he's like, until then, we party. When he's like, no girls. No girls. No whores. All four boys go, uh-huh, uh-huh, and then walk away. So they're going to go party. When's your favorite part coming up? Oh, you read it. The DP scene was <laughs> You didn't even tell me. Oh, I forgot. That's your favorite. It's very good. I think, is there a gangbang in the next one? I don't recall. I don't recall either. I think there's a gangbang in the next one. Could be wrong. This one's bad. Quite. We go to Cherry's POV and she wasn't in her room crying. She was eavesdropping. So she just heard everything that was going on. Oh, bitch. Yeah. Cherry. And she's unsure how they've never really noticed that she's eavesdropped because apparently she does it 
a lot. If I called a time. If I was her, I would tip. Mm-hmm. And she's also unsure how she didn't notice that Winnie wasn't actually her friend. Like, she feels super betrayed by the just, like, chit-chatting. Like, her joining in on the chit-chatting about getting rid of her. Yeah. She goes to her room to change for the bonfire, but something dark shoots across the room and it slams into the door, rattling the hinges. Uh-oh. No. Yes. Uh, she races out of the door and slams it shut, and it tried to, like, swipe at her and claw her. It's the Neverland Death Shadow. <gasps> And she's like, I need to tell Vane. He's going to love me if I tell him. And she goes to, like, find him. Yeah. Yeah. What's going to happen? I don't know. We go to host POV. He's been searching for the shadow but can't find it. But he needs to find it before Pan crosses to his territory. So he's channeling all his anxious energy, cleaning up his desk when he sees Smee standing in the doorway. He asks her what's going on, and she says that she heard from a spy in the Fae Palace that the crocodile has been summoned. And he's like... PTSD. Like, you can even just talk about the crocodile in front of him, and he's, like, freaks out. Yeah, he, like, starts, like, shaking. He's like, oh, wow, he's a pussy. Yeah. He mentions that he should have no weaknesses, but he has three. One is dead, and he wishes the other two were as well. Who's the third one? Yeah, I was gonna say. Is it Tinkerbell? Do I know? Yeah. You should. Wait. One's croc, one's pan, pan, and one's dead. Mm. (laughs) Oh. I can't say. Okay, we'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out together. Yeah. It's in the third one, I think. Oh. Oh, so we... <laughs> Sorry, that was not why <laughs> We go to Winnie's POV. Pan, Cass, and Bash are very drunk, and she's sitting there watching them drown their sorrows, and she's like, I kind of want to be alone. So she gets up and waters away, and she doesn't have a destination in mind, but she finds herself in front of the lagoon. When she gets to the lagoon, she immediately notices Bane is floating in the water naked. I put, like, a question mark, because that... His dick is just... His th- it's just flopped on his leg. Yeah, just face out. Sitting there. Just weird. And chilling. Just something. I don't think I've ever pictured a man just floating in the water naked. Tan like a wiener. Ew. <laughs> <laughs> lines. No. He asks if she's just going to stand there and stare at him or if she's going to get in too. And she's like, do you want me to? She's like, I'm supposed to be cool as a cucumber. But like, cool, cool. I want to do with that. So she gets in. And if he's naked, she's going. She's got to be naked, too. Fair's fair. Yeah. She gets in. She's a little nervous if the water spirits will bite. And he tells her not if they don't like you. So she's kind of, like, scared to, like, go out as far as he is. Because she's like, what if the... Who they like swimming? Oh, okay. Oh. Yeah. She does make a note how warm the water is. And when she gets a few yards away from Vane, she just stops and is kind of just like treading water. Vane floats in the center of the lagoon, his cock just cresting the water. (laughs) (laughs) Bob it out. (laughs) Cute little peony. And I can't take my eyes off him. I am oogling him. He is letting me. Out of the four of them, he is the biggest by far. So not a tiny little peeny? No, he got a build on. (laughs) Somehow I knew he would. Without thinking, I can hear Starla in the back of my mind. Big dick energy. That one. It almost makes me snicker, mostly because I'm nervous. <laughs> yeah, but I'm smallest penis. Do you think it's Zipan? No, I don't know. It's between him and Bash, because he said Cass is bigger than those two, and now we know uh, has the biggest one I out of all of them. How is tall? Is so Bash the jokester? It's not a solid. 
I don't think it's small when it's the small land. Okay. Probably still large, large and in charge. <laughs> yes. He writes himself and whips his head and hair around, then faces Winnie. And she gets nervous and starts babbling on about how much she likes water and swimming. She's like, I love swimming. Do you like swimming? I love water. <laughs> this water is so cool. If you like water, you already like 72% of me. <laughs> He wants to know why she's there, and she says that she isn't quite sure. Then she asks why he's there, and he says that he was trying to get away from her. Why did he tell her to get in then? Yeah, it's so good. She asks why he hates her so much, and he says because he doesn't understand her, and he doesn't like things he doesn't understand. And she, like, steers the conversation somewhere else because she's like, if I keep bugging him, he's going to be a fucking dickhead and, like, break the moment being here. Mm -hmm. So she asks where he's from and, like, about his island, and he says that if she's looking for redeeming qualities about himself, she'll be disappointed, and she's like, I don't care about that. I just want the truth. Like, what's your island like? Yeah. He says it's called the Darkland and he left because he had no more family there, but he used to. He also used to have a sister, but she's gone. All he says is some bad men did bad things and then she's dead. That's all we get. When he wants to know if he could have done something to help his sister with his death shadow. And he says at the time he didn't have the death shadow. She wants to know how he got the death shadow. And he said that he spent three years searching for it. And when he finally found it, he claimed it. Then he gutted every single one of the men who hurt his sister. Good. Yeah. She wants to know how he claimed the shadow unless he is not human. And he's like, don't worry about what yeah, I am. Don't. So we don't know what he is. Still. Still. He's not fair like the twins. But he's not human. Yeah. Like her. So we don't know. Something touches her leg in the water and she like yelps and lurches forward into his arms. And she asks him again why he hates her. But he has a different answer this time. He says, I don't hate you. He admits and levels me with his violet eye. I dislike the way you make me feel. His gaze drops to my lip as my tongue darts out reckless he drags me closer and our legs tangle and a thrill slips down my spine dangerous he adds and frowns at the bruises still marring my throat i told you already once before yes i know darling you're stronger than you look he's touching her finally finally as her tongue darts out i just picture like a little lizard Oh, you know that? Who is it on It's Always Sunny? That's like the sister, the McPoyle sister. I don't watch that show. I don't know. I've only seen a couple episodes. Whatever. <laughs> Andrew loves that show, though. It is good. She says that he doesn't need to protect her, and he says, I don't want to protect you. I want to fuck you until you tremble beneath me. So, 180. Ooh, wee. She mules. In delight, because now his dick is hard and lined right up with her center. And she whispers, just fuck me already. Yeah, just fuck me. Fuck me, fuck me. He kisses me, and there is nothing soft or kind or gentle about it. His lips are on mine, devouring me. His tongue darts in, claiming the taste of me, and a deep growl sounds in his chest. He grabs my ass, forcing my pussy out to meet his cock, and he sinks in an inch. Oh my god, I say around his lips because my brain isn't making a single connection to my mouth. This is what I wanted, every single part of it. I don't care how dangerous he is or how painful it might be or he arches my back, bringing my breast above water so he can suck my nipple into his mouth. 
<laughs> Both of his eyes are black and a shiver shakes through my shoulders. He's rough with me, biting at me, and I cry out at the sky. When I look back down, blood is swirling in the turquoise water and beating on the peak of my nipple. With fire in his eyes, Bane drags his tongue over me, cleaning off the redness, and then he nips again, breaking open the skin even more. He bitter bully! I'm Jesus! Mere bleed. Vane goes still. I wiggle my hips, trying to claim more of his cock, but he roughly shoves me off. What are you doing? Go. He points me toward the shore. What? Get out of the water. He's visibly trembling. Get out and walk away. Slowly. He hurt her. He feels bad. Oh my god. And the death shadow's taking over. She does as he says, and she gets out, slowly pulling her dress on, and she notices that he's also creeping towards her, but telling her to leave. But his eyes are completely black now. Yeah, she notices that even when he's gone to the shadow, he's still trying to think of her safety and something clicks. I was wrong about him, but so was Peter Pan. It's not that I have to try harder or try less. It's that I have to be exactly who I am, every ugly, broken part. I have to be vulnerable, and maybe that terrifies me most of all. Show him all my cracks and let him make his own on my skin. I have endured. I can endure him if it's the only way I can have him. He must read something in my body because he slowly shakes his head, grits his teeth, and says, Winnie, don't. But he couldn't stop me if he tried. I turn around and I run. You're not supposed to run. He told her that. It's like haunting Adeline. Run, little mouse. Vane is faster than she thought, but she keeps going. At one point, she looks over her shoulder and he's 100% gone to the shadow now. Like, he, there's nothing left. God, sounds terrifying. Yeah, like running from a large man. Yeah, she's like Michael Myers chasing him. Pretty much. <laughs> he catches her around the waist and slams her against a tree, and he tells her that she should not have run. But she pushes past the fear his magic invokes and winds her legs around his waist, and she says, this is exactly what I wanted. You don't know what the fuck you're asking for. Then show me. With a growl, he rips off my dress, tearing it into scraps of fabric. The darkness of the death shadow surges around his eyes like an inky mask, and the terror doubles in my veins, stealing that exhilaration. His cock slides up my wetness, hitting my throbbing clit, and I squeeze my eyes shut, purging the unspent tears. I'm so terrified. My head is pounding. I want to crawl out of my skin. I want to fight and run. He rocks his hips back stealing the heat of his cock before he shoves it in roughly, causing me to cry out. He's so fucking big it hurts on impact and my teeth clack together. I will split this wet cunt in two, he says. You'll be begging me to stop. He sinks inside of me, feeling me up, and then brings both hands to my throat and squeezes. My eyes automatically bug out. He fucks me, hard, fast, brutally. The tree rattles above us. There is no air, no air to beg, and tears stream down my face. He is relentless, consuming. Oh my god. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't sound enjoyable. No. Especially because he starts choking her harder and she's like, oh fuck, I'm actually gonna die now. What did I do? Why did I do this? Oh my like actually scared. Yeah, life. Yeah. Her hands scramble for purchase on the tree and a tiny sharp branch overhead hurts her hand and she's like, if I could focus on the pain, like when I cut my foot open. I won't be scared. So she breaks the branch and stabs herself with it into her palm and it works. The terror is gone. So she grabs Vane's hands around her throat and pulls and slaps at him. Suddenly he starts blinking and the darkness vanishes. Jesus Christ. Darling, his voice is hoarse and his grip loosens, but his eyes are still black. I come back into my body as oxygen fills my lungs and one deep body shaking gasp. 
Fuck me, I tell him and inhale deeply. Fuck me now. His hands sink to my ass, spreading me, and he fills me back up. Every inch of him, every hard ridge. He pulls back out, slamming back in with enough force to make the tree ground. Oh yes, fuck, I say and wrap my arms around his neck and hang on for dear life. There's nothing gentle about him. Rub that pussy for me, darling. <laughs> He says and slams us against the tree again. I'm so fucking close to spilling inside of you. Yeah? Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I don't know what's going on with me. Yes, he says on a growl. I reach down between us and swirl two fingers over my clit and immediately toe the edge. Oh shit, I don't want to come yet. Vane is mine. He's mine and I'm his. And I'm never going to let him push me away ever again. Winnie, he says, you'll make that wet pussy come for me and you'll do it now. I don't want to. I say on a moan. What? <laughs> I don't want to have. Oh, we're tired. <laughs> it was painful yesterday. No, I don't want to. <laughs> Look at me, he orders, and I pry my eyes open. The blackness has reached from his gaze, and his violet eye is glittering with heat and desire and need. He needs me, and he needs this. And more than anything in the world, I want to give it to him. Okay, I say. He grabs my hand and captures two of my fingers in his mouth. He sucks me with his lips, circles my fingertips with his tongue, soaking me before guiding my hand back down to my clit. Let me have you win, he says. Let me fill up that wet cunt while you scream my name. I barely have to touch myself before I'm flying over the edge, my voice echoing through the woods. He's growing harder, more frenzied with his movements, and then he's grunting into me, spilling inside of me. Fuck, Wynn, he says on a growl, his cock throbbing against my clenched inner walls. Inner walls. Inner walls. I like that he said her name. He tells her that she wasn't supposed to run, but he's glad that she did it. He tells her that she thinks that she's clearly won something, and she's like, yeah, I claimed you. I I got that dick. I got what I wanted. I got it, bitch. I knew you fucking liked me. She kisses him, and when she pulls back, she tells him, don't ever deny me again, and he calls her a needy little darling. He also makes her promise that if he loses control, she'll inflict pain on him again to stop it. It's the only way that he'll continue to be with her is if she makes that promise. And she's like, okay, I promise. She's like, no problem. I'll do anything for that wiener. Yeah, anything. He sets her down and since he ripped her dress off, he tells her that she can have his shirt when they get back to the lagoon. And she turns around but realizes she immediately made a mistake by showing her back to him because she's all fucked up, remember? From her mom, like, paying people to carve her up. That's right. So but they never, I feel like she never really went into depth about how her back actually looked in the first one. Did she? It's just like symbols, like ruining the rose and stuff. And the most visible one is on her shoulder. That's why she kept pulling up her yeah. sweater. But apparently her whole back is fucking covered in it. And they still haven't seen it to this point? Um, Pan does. Oh, okay. But... He grabs me by the arms and pulls me to a stop. The air is charged and silent until Vane inhales and says on a growl, Darling, who did that to you? <gasps> who did this It's the drone. Who did this to you? I whirl around, giving him my front, but he takes me by the shoulders and spins me back again. His fingertips ghost over the scars, and I couldn't stop the shiver that overtakes me even if I tried. 
who, he repeats, give me a name so that I can cut the skin from their bones. It was my mom. Mary did this to you? Not directly. She hired people to do it. She paid money for this? The anger makes his voice vibrate, and when I turn back to him, his eyes are black once again. When Pan finds out, she cuts him off. He already knows. Then why didn't you tell me? I don't know. I didn't want your pity. I wanted your respect. When his face falls, I immediately regret letting the words spill out. They get back to the lagoon, and he dresses her in his shirt so he like puts it on her and buttons all the buttons up and it's very nice sweet boy yeah he mentions that they should have never sent her mom back pregnant with her and she's like so i could be raised here by you guys that's fucking weird and creepy and he's like oh yeah (laughs) that arranged you on that (laughs) (laughs) i'm not your dad (laughs) they turn to go home and he says you're shivery and it's late. Now you're bruised even more. I grin up at him. I like you being rough with me. Stop it. I'm allowed to like it. He grumbles, not at the expense of oxygen in your lungs. And she says, sure. speak for yourself. I wouldn't mind experimenting with that under some controlled circumstances. You want me to choke you? He scowls over at me. I think about it a second. Yes. Fucking hell, darling. Get back to the house before I give you exactly what you want. Ooh. Yeah. We go to Cherry's POV. She's crying because she just watched Vane fuck Winnie. That's She's a little eavesdropper. She's everywhere. She has- yes. And they don't notice it. She's just creeping and crawling. Mm-hmm. And then she's like, I have an idea. I caught the shadow. And if Winnie is to happen upon this shadow, then she's like, no, 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 no. That's fucked up. I can't do that. I couldn't possibly. But maybe the universe gave it to her for a reason. And then we go to Cherry. No. Yeah, she's not a girl. We go to Pan's POV. They're on their way back to the treehouse and they had the best time getting drunk uh, launching Lost Boys into the sky. So apparently like Cass, Bash, and Pan were just hammered and like putting Lost Boys in a slingshot and just like shooting them. Uh, and the Lost Boys are like, ah, this is so fun. Thank you. Hey, yay. He asks the twins where their darling went and they're like, I think she went back to the treehouse. He stops them before they can all go to her and asks what their sister offered them. And they mentioned that she offered for their wings back, but not really a place in court. But they can be allowed to go back and just can't be at the court. Pan tells them that he can't help with the wings, but if they want, once he gets his shadow back and they stay with him, he will help them plan a coop so they can rule state court. So he's like, I'll help you get rid of your sister if you help me. Mm-hmm. And don't retreat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't. It's a good deal. Yeah. Um, they have their private little tinkle conversation. And then Cass looks at him and says, deal. So <gasps> ding, 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 ding. I picked a side. The right side. The right side. They better have. We go back to Winnie's POV and her and Vane get back. And Pam is like, where have you been? She's like, fuck you. She says it like all proud. Fucking Vane. I'm fucking Vane's like, oh my fucking god. And Pan asks if she's okay. And she's like, never better. Feel great. Knew that dick was big. (laughs) I fucking knew it. (laughs) Pan yells for Bash to get the south and then turns to Vane and asks if he broke her. And she's like, no. And Vane's like, no, that's debatable. So now they have to put more fucking medicine on her from being choked again. Jesus. Had a rough go of it, but she loves it. Oh yeah, she wanted it. Vane snatches the salve and grabs Winnie and then turns to them and tells them all that she's his tonight and then goes and locks them in his room. And Bash is like, I didn't know we could call dibs on her. 
I would have been bored this whole time. Yeah. So Vane takes her to his room and tells her to sit, and he puts his salve on her. And when he's done, he asks if it's better. And she says, My eyes pop open, and it takes me a second to refocus on him. He's rimmed in the light, a dark vision spun in gold. He's still shirtless, all hard lines and solid muscle. His size is overwhelming and also somehow comforting, as if I will always be protected as long as he's near. The realization of that, of how he makes me feel, catches in my throat and comes out sounding like a gasp. What is it? He asks. Nothing. It's just... And she knows it sounds pathetic, but she's like, I'm worried that this is some kind of illusion, like maybe the twins are tricking me into thinking you're here and I'm terrified it's gonna end. And he orders her to get into the bed and crawls in and snuggles her closely and he tells her, I am here, he says, his voice raspy at my ear as he holds me at his side, his fingers trailing on my arm. Do you feel that? Yes, I shiver beneath him. I am here and I am real and I'm not going anywhere. And she's like, do you promise? And he says, I promise. Sweet. Right? The dark one could be so sweet. I know. We go to Hook's POV and Smee is waking him up and he almost stabs her because apparently you're not supposed to just like, hey, we got Because he'll like, he like swung his hook and like almost like got her. She informs him that they found Pan's shadow and so he gets up and rushes to get dressed. What did they do? Can they take the shadow? He going to yeah, no, well, he's going to try real hard. Uh-huh. When he gets to the spot where his men have it cornered, it's hard to like see it, but you can feel it. Apparently, like it's described as vibrating with power. So that's kind of terrifying. No one's sure how to claim it. And now that it's cornered, so he's like, someone bring me a fucking chest. So his men bring a chest and he's like, I just put it in here to lock it up. Two of his men bring him one and he creeps closer. He tells them to open it and be ready. So him and Smee are on the opposite sides of the shadow circling it. And the other men are like holding the chest. They're like ready. Oh, can I get Johnny? <laughs> on the count of three, they all lunge for it and it springs forward straight into the chest and they close it and he's like, yeah. but Smee's like, I don't know about this. This is not sitting right in my stomach. Bad vibes. Bad vibes. She seems like she's smart. She is. She is. She's very smart. We go to Winnie's POV again, and she's in the loft with everyone waiting for Pan to wake up. Tonight's the night that they go to Hook's territory, and he seemed confident earlier that he's going to get his shadow back. <laughs> What's going to Vane is sitting in the corner of the couch reading a book. My head is in his lap and I'm stretched out the length of the couch with Bash nestled between my thighs. He takes a deep breath of my scent and his eyes roll back in his head. You smell so good, darling, he says. Mind if I have a taste? And she says, I'm full of Vane's calm, but go ahead. And Vane's like, for fuck's sake. Oh my God. Filter, Wendy. Yeah. Like, I don't want anyone to know that we're fucking. Yeah. Bash is like, I'm hungry, but not that hungry. <laughs> so he just like goes back to just laying. Yeah, never mind. Yeah, Sam. Killed it. You killed it. Ruin the mood. Cass is across the room, lounging in another chair, trying to solve a puzzle. And she's like, I can't believe I'm here being railed by four hot men. Who would have known? Who would have guessed? The sun goes down and Pam's tomb clicks open. He comes to the loft shirtless with his pants low on his hips. He looks relieved to see them all getting along and he's hot AF is what he tells them to go get ready. And even Winnie, she's going to remain hidden with the twins just in case Hook tries to send someone to the treehouse to steal her. So the twins leave to go get dressed and Pan orders her in vain to stay in the kitchen. And he's like, you too good. You figured it out. And they're like, 
Yes. Yeah. We're as up now. We love each other. Uh Pan doesn't push it. He's just happy that they figured it out. He tells them that they're going to leave soon, and he tells Winnie to go get some clothes on because only they're allowed to appreciate her. She makes a joke about them not adding a hook to their little harem, and the men are both like, that's not funny, Winnie. Not funny. Shut up. We wouldn't ever. And she's like, okay. Pan tells her that she has 10 minutes to get ready. She gets up to go do as he says, but he quickly grabs her and kisses her. When he's done, he pushes her towards Vane and Vane grabs her, spinning her so her back is to his chest, hooks an arm around her waist while the other curls around her throat. This girl's poor throat. I know. Oh, goddamn. He turns her head and kisses her. Then Pan tells her to go. She thinks to herself, maybe when they get back, she can have them both. The death shadow and the life shadow. She's trying to get that deep pig. Yeah, the little kiss. Imagine Pan and Bane. Fucking her? Yeah, at the same time. Oof. I hope that's in the fourth one. Hot. Because it's not in the third? No. I don't remember it. I wouldn't remember that. I don't remember all on the third. Did you guys like that one as much? No. Yeah, that one had more, like, plot. Way more plot than stuff. Oh, less spice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pan's POV, they watch when he walk away, and he turns to Vane and asks if he really has the Death Shadow under control, and he agrees again that he does, but he's like, yeah, but only enough. He's, like, not very confident. Oh, at all. Kind of. A little bit. Then Vane shocks Pan by telling him that he would give up the Death Shadow for Winnie. What the fuck? Yeah, another 180. All these guys are like, well, I'm in love. But I don't really understand why. Me either. Because you fucked her, but like everyone would fuck them. Yeah. They were getting pussy left and right. It's not like they had to like work for it. Right. Literally, the first book, Cass went up to that one girl was like, get on your knees and suck my dick. And she's like, done. But no fighting. This, this pussy. This one. Pussy must be immaculate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know how the life shadow felt, he says, but the dark shadow aches. It is a burden I no longer wish to bear. That's the end of it. It will be good to be without it. In the Neverland dark shadow, I ask, what shall we do with it? Vane says, give it to one of the twins. Cass could probably handle it. He's practical, patient, reliable. I feel like out of the two, he'd handle it better. I would agree. But you'll keep yours until we overthrow the fake queen. Yeah, do it for me. It's not phrased as a question, but I think he knows it's not an order either. I won't leave us vulnerable, but my brother coming to the island will complicate things. It'll drudge up our past. They both agree that they have too many problems. And then Pan asks, babe, if he has seen Cherry, he has not. We go to Cass's POV and the twins are walking to Hook's territory with Winnie in between them and Pan and Vane walking ahead of them. Cass makes a mental note of the air and how everything feels wrong. Like the vibes are really off, but there's wolves howling in the distance. And according to Faye, that's a good omen. So he's like, it can't go too bad. Huh. When he asks him why he's brooding and he says that he's not, but then he's like, okay, it's because I hate my sister, but I don't want to hate her and I don't want to kill her. And Bash is like... Oh, okay with it. It needs to be done. <laughs> Fuck that bitch. She's a but fucking bitch. Cass is like, have it. he's like right on the edge. He's having a hard time. Pan tells them to be quiet when they hit the edge of Hook's territory and the air feels worse there somehow. Like way more dark. Ooh, tense. Pan asks if anyone else can feel his shadow because that's what's making the air like that. So his shadow is what's agitating everything. He can sense it. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
Oni asks what he means by that, and he's like, Solid has it cornered. Pam's POV, he says that he's never been a fan of Hook. When he took Wendy, it solidified him not liking Hook. But when Hook traded his own sister, Cherry, for Smee, he's like, yeah, I for sure hate this man. Fuck that guy. Yeah. He's a dick. Uh-huh. He's now wondering if he underestimated him, though, because he feels the shadows cornered. He's like, would it be smarter than I thought? And he has it. Yeah, he does, but sure. He knows Hook won't believe his previous reason for wanting to be in the territory if the shadow's cornered, but he's like, only one way to find out. So he looks at everyone else and asks if they're ready to go kill some pirates. And they're like, hell yeah. But then he's like, wait a sec, Vane, go fly back to the house for this item real quick. So he does. Vane returns with the object and he passes it to Pan, who then puts it in his pocket next to the lagoon seashell. So he has two items now. But we just don't know what the other one is. It's a mystery item. Mystery. Mm -hmm. Vane tells him on his way back with the item, he noticed a couple pirates sneaking to the treehouse. And he's like, I'm glad that I thought to bring her with me. He's like, twins and witty, stay here. But Vane and I will go to Hook's house. Do what we gotta do retrieve the shadow and then they'll, we'll give you a signal. Winnie goes and gives Pan a hug and eyes vain and it takes Pan off guard. He's like, okay, thank you. Thank you for the hug. Get off. He's like, don't worry, I'll be back. She's like, yeah, I know. Since he knew Hook would be expecting him, he was ready for the couple pirates that were outside of the house. Vane asks if they should start killing the pirates, and he's like, just wait a second. They enter the house, and it makes his skin crawl. They're debating which way to go to get the shadow, and then Hook steps up behind them. It is like, surprise, motherfuckers. Surprise. Hook tells him that the Lost Boy isn't on his territory, and Pan's like, I know you know that's not why I'm here. Let's just get this done over on the jinx out and just give it. He's like, where's the shadow? And Hook's like, what shadow? What are you talking about? What's the shadow? <laughs> Pam's like, I'm going to ask you one more time. Where is it? And Hook's like, I don't know, but where the fuck's my sister? He's like, I don't know. You thought you were getting her back. <laughs> you stupid idiot. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> Pan senses his shadow getting more frenzied now that he's out the house. It, like, is going crazy. Uh, is it trying to get away from him, or is it trying to go to him? I think it's hard to tell, mm -hmm. but it just senses that the person it inhibits is there. So it's, like, just going nuts. Okay. Pan gives Vade a barely visible nod, and Vade is about to release the death shadow onto everyone, but then Tilly pushes in Winnie and the twins through the front door. Hostage. Oh, what the hell? Hostage. Oh, 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 oh. No, I'm a good hostage. Tilly, be fucked. <laughs> the, for real. Honestly. Fuck the, yourself. <laughs> fish yourself. <laughs> fist yourself. Fuck your fist. Fuck your fist. The twins look drugged and he quickly realizes that Tilly has um trapped in an illusion because she has the same magic, so she could do the same thing. But Winnie is coherent. So Pan plays submissive and asks what they want from him, and Tilly says, We just want you dead. Simple. Die. die. He's hey. just <laughs> die. Die. <laughs> Hook tells her that they can't kill him yet until he figures out how to claim the shadow, and Tilly's like, We'll figure it out. Who fucking cares? Let's kill him. She even tries to trap Pan in an illusion, but he tells her to knock it off because it won't work. And she's like, fine, kill him. Her guards go to move and kill Pan. But Hook tells her to stop because he wants Cherry home first until he tells him to pretty much stop being a fucking baby because she's going to murder her own brothers right now. Yeah. He's like, you don't need a sister. I'm going to kill mine. I can do it. You can do it. I'll be your sister. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Tilly asks Pan if Cherry is alive and he's like, I guess you'll find out once you kill me. And Hook's like really distraught about this, even though he got rid of her. He literally hasn't had her for what? Years? Years. Why do you care now? Yeah. Pan uses the threat of Cherry to his advantage and he's like, she's in a middle box at the bottom of the ocean, bud. Sorry. And Hook like charges at him. And it's the perfect distraction because as Hook comes for Pan, Vane flies towards Winnie and Tilly. He notices that Vane is faster when Winnie is in danger and he's already the fastest out of all of them. Pan lets Hook take him down and Hook goes to grab his throat and slashes his cheek open. He's baiting Hook and tells him between breaths that Cherry struggled the whole time that they put her into the metal box. So Hook just keeps stabbing him. And then Pan pulls the secret weapon out of his pocket. What a secret item. The secret item. The secret item is a pocket watch and he flips it open and it starts tick, tick, tock, tick, tock, tick, tock. And Hook is like, oh, fuck, he's here. He's here. And starts freaking out. Pussy, pussy, pussy. He's a pussy. He stumbles away from Pan and Pan gets to his feet slower than normal since he just got stabbed multiple times. He sees Cass beating up a pirate, Tilly circling Bash with her wings bright crimson and fluttering behind her. Zane and Winnie are nowhere in sight. He goes and finds a small chest and he tells his shadow not to fucking run again and he flips the latch. Then we go to Winnie's POV. It's like... So Sticky State Crow wants to like edge you. Yeah, I, I, I feel edged. I am honestly living on the edge right now. <laughs> Winnie's POV, she's flying and she's clutched in Vane's arms and he's like, don't look down. He puts them down on the opposite side of the cold bonfire and the house is quiet, but they can see shadows moving around and he tells her that they're pirates and he's gonna go kill them. He moves silently as they come upon the first pirate and Vane puts his hand around the man and lets his darkness seep out. The man screams and his fellow pirate hears and rushes Winnie and she darts out of the way. Vane drops the man in his grip and follows the man chasing Winnie and she reaches the kitchen and grabs a knife. He quickly catches her and she stabs upwards. The man's eyes go wide and blood starts just like pouring everywhere <laughs> and she pushes him off of her and being gets there was like good job you go girl you did it but there's another pirate and he comes behind Vane and she tells him to watch out as she throws the knife Vane plucks the knife mid-air turns and stabs the pirate yeah yeah badass yeah she tells him that he needs to go back and help pan but he doesn't want to leave her there by herself so he's like go to the gym lock the door nobody can get in there he is the only key yeah so he's like go do that he's about to leave but then he rushes back to her and kisses her fiercely oh cute yeah then he goes and she's on her way down the tube when she hears cherry call her name she asks cherry if she's okay and all cherry says is so you in vain huh and she's like i'm so sorry but cherry's like it's all right I don't even care. No, my feelings are not her. She's like, hey, can you help me in my room? There's like a parakeet and I can't get it out and whatever. Like, I just need help. Don't trust her. And when he's like, yeah, but we got to be quick. And then you and I, we have to go to the tomb just in case more pirates come. Do we go to Pan's POV? Yeah. So suspenseful. Tilly slams into him from behind and the chest lid flies open and the shadow darts out. She stabs him and his vision goes white. He yells for Cass and Bash and his vision slips to him in the lagoon. So she's like able to get an illusion passed since he's losing blood. <laughs> he fights off the illusion she's trying to take him over with and he grabs her wrist and the vision breaks. He tells her, you betrayed me just like your fucking mother. And she screams and drives the blade deeper into him. <laughs> Yeah, give me the shell, Vane yells, and he tosses it to him. Babe holds it up. 
<laughs> Vane holds it up and the shadow grows still in the corner of the library. Tilly removes her knife and rushes Vane, but the shadow runs and jumps into the seashell. Vane tosses it back to Pan and he catches it. He drops it on the floor, smashes it with his boot, and hunches over it. The shadow comes home. Yeah! He got a shadow back! Yay! We go to Bash's POV and he watches Tilly jump out of the nearest window now that Pan has his shadow back. So she's not strong or brave enough to fight him with the shadow, but she'll try to do it without. She's like, oh shit. She's like, I gotta go. He's not sure how he feels about fighting and killing his own people, but he loves seeing Tilly run away like a scared dog. The air is vibrating around Pan and Bash can't remember what he was like with the shadow, but he's not surprised to see the difference. He has a sudden urge to get to his knees and bow. Pan finally stands up. He is the same but different. <laughs> same but different. Yeah. I think he's a little bit hotter with the shadow. Oh. Goosebumps trail in my arms. The hair lifts on the back of my neck. I now know that I picked the right side. Pan is fucking scary as fuck on a good day with his shadow. There have always been whispers on the island that he is a god. No one knows where he came from, including him. Now I think I believe the rumors. Now I think they might be true. And before he knows what he's doing, he's like just on his knees, like bowing. He's like, oh my liege. <laughs> Both of the twins actually bow and Pan's like, get it up. Stop. Um, the same dude. Yeah. And then once they stand, he tells them, thank you for helping him. Pan walks to Hook and tells him, if you choose to stand against me, you're making the wrong choice. Hook tells Pan that if he helps him stand against her crocodile, he'll be on his side against Tilly. And I was like, you wishy-washy son of a big lit flopper. Yeah, no. Whoa. Pan's like, I'm not negotiating with you. You're either on my side or you're fucking dead. Yeah. Hook's like, yeah. worth a shot to negotiate. And then he's like, where's Cherry? And Pan's like, she's at the house the entire time. Do you think that idiot? He goes, I take it you're not a very good poker player. Yeah, and Cherry's at the house being a bitch. Just be glad she's alive, Pan says as he makes his way for the door. Come, he says to us, I have a darling I need to get home to. We all do, I remind him. He meets my gaze and I have to suppress a shiver. Yes, he answers, let's all go home to our darling. We go to Cherry's POV and she's very nervous. She's wondering if she should stop Winnie from going in there and already pre-apologize, but she keeps replaying her in vain in the woods and it makes her want to scream. Jealous girl. Yeah. She thinks it's better Winnie than her. So when they get to the door, Cherry's like, here, I'll get this for you. I'll open it. And Winnie's like, hey, that's weird, but sure. And as soon as she opens the door, Cherry shoves her inside, pulls it shut and holds it shut. So Winnie's voice is rising in panic and she's screaming for Cherry to open the door. She senses and hears something in there with them. There's a loud snarl and glass breaking and then complete silence. She's terrified to open the door. She's like, am I going to see her dead? Like, I, is the shadow going to come out? She's like, I don't fucking know. But she's like, okay, I'll open it. On the count three, got this. She opens the door and Winnie is standing in the middle of the room among all the wreckage of her favorite things. Her back is to Cherry. Cherry says Winnie's name and Winnie doesn't respond. Slowly, she turns around. She lifts her chin and her eyes are the darkest black. But end. No! Winnie, she got the death shadow. Oh, yeah. Shit. Shit. Uh So now what's going to happen? Now we have to do the third one. You can read it. You can do it. I'm gonna do, do the it. damn thing. I'm How many red pepper emojis? Five. Five? Five. And would you trade places with Winnie? Uh, what did I say in the last one? I think you said yes, did I? 
it sounds kind of fun <laughs> being there. Yeah. But also, no. <laughs> sounds intimidating. I know. It sounds a little scary. I don't know. What do you guys? I think I like the idea of it, but I don't think I want the reality. <laughs> True. That's how most of these books are, where I'm like, that's hot, but don't ever do that to me. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like reading about it. I don't need that done to me. Mm-hmm. Did your opinion on the men shift? Is like your list different? Or is it still a vain pan bashing the cast? It's still the same. Yeah. Okay. Same, same. Same, 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 same. Yeah. Vane's way more hotter in this book. Yes. So next week, we're going to be covering Death's Obsession by Avena St. Graves. And I'm going to show you the cover. And just give me like a little guess on what you think it's going to be about. Okay, so we have like a blue bird, or it looks, is it a crow? Is it a crow? I think it's a crow. And it says, she was meant to die, but death didn't want her soul. (gasps) Is it some type of like Grim Reaper situation? Some type of... That's a good guess. Mortal versus some type of like death figure. Not even versus, but like, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean. It's a good guess. Yeah, we'll find out. If you liked this episode, make sure to rate, review, subscribe. Mm-hmm. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and now TikTok at Smut Up and Listen Podcast is Instagram and Facebook, but just Smut Up and Listen on TikTok. Tell your friends, but not your mom. And we'll see you later, you horny little rats. <laughs>